Hello, handsome dads. Welcome to Jack's Tap, episode 35, May 21st, 2020. On this episode, I have on another old friend, Ben Green. Very funny guy. Uh, we did a lot of reminiscing in this one. So if you'd like to hear about our childhoods, how I was uh, an absolute stud at McKenzie Elementary School athletically, uh, my demise, and uh, several different fun stories about our childhoods. Uh, tune in. You're going to love it. Ben Green on Jack's Tap. Handsome. Just one look at you. And I know it's going to be a lovely How's it going? Going well. How is it going with you? I think I, I've still got my virtual uh, background up from the last Zoom call I was on, the uh, Johnson County uh, prison, which I've never been to. What's the significance of it? Did you just I look up the, prisons? Uh, the Iowa City County Jail, but uh, let me change it to my uh, normal setting. I like how that was just your... It ke I like how it keeps it there. I work at Ramona. I tried to do Ramona school behind me, but... Uh, the blinds, it just turns me into the background. For some reason, mine works. I don't know. I'm lucky enough. Yeah, I mean, you've got some open gaps there and some inconsistencies in the background. So, I mean, one would think that we would each have the same issue. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it works out. So, you've got a you, full... You can see I got my Agnieszka Radvanska poster up. It's very Ooh, important. She, she's a beaut. That's her backhand. That is. She definitely lost that point, but it made a good poster. Well, uh, yeah, that's going to be... That's, that's not where you want to be. In you don't want to be hitting... Also kind of looks like it was going out of bounds. I mean, what are you doing going for that? Just let it go. I know. I know. But Is she a current player? She recently retired. Mm. Ever, mm. Win the, ever win the big one? No. No, no, no. A very moderate, mid-level tennis player. What was your top rank? Uh, Probably like four at best, but really oh, right was it... Yeah. I was a big fan of rock in the teens. Like, you know, like that 11 to 20 range was really about where it's she a nice was. nice range. Hang her. under the radar. Yeah. Yeah. They, though, were essentially just like Serena Williams, um, Sharapova, and then kind of just other people would rotate in and out, right? But it was kind of those were just the two. It's Serena's world, and we're all living in it. Yeah. Right. But everyone's, everyone's chasing her. Yeah. My mom played tennis back in the day, so that's I've got a little bit of a natural forehand backhand. I fool around. I fool around. You dabbled. It's Ben Green. I haven't seen you with a full beard. I haven't seen me with a full beard. I mean, this is just kind of a quarantine project. No, yeah. you know. I I shaved down. I buzzed and shaved completely at the very beginning because I was like, I'm not going out like everybody. Um, but I'm already coming back around. I've got the beard back, so it's a fun time to experiment. I, I like I like what you got going. You look actually you look look like a sane person. You look like a, a normal yeah. guy with a beard right now. Right, because for a month at the beginning, I looked like a guy who was attempting to grow a beard. Um, like this was his first time trying to do it. He used quarantine, and because it takes a while, especially the mustache. 
Well, that's the one part I actually trimmed up because it was really getting in my mouth. So I just kind of took scissors like you that. You got kind of the long wispies. What's yep. tough for me is what comes in first is the Hitler guy. Mm. It's real strong in the middle, and that's the only spot I need to trim. <laughs> <laughs> it's a damn shame. Yeah, and for a while before I could, before I felt confident in the wisps, I felt the need to keep everything that I had in the middle to kind of make up for it. So I'd get a thick. And in photos, it would really only show up there, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy how, like, Hitler really monopolized a part of everyone's face. Like, this right. is, this right here, that's, like, that's the, the space. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. that is the Hitler space on everyone's face. Right. But he's, you've got to have nothing in the middle. And that's right. his whole point is that, like, it's very masculine because not a lot of men can uh, grow, not all men can grow that I, I believe is his point. That's, that's probably true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. it's just such a dumb move. Yeah. I didn't not, even think about it that way. Not yeah, all you're men, right, I guess that's my weakest part. Yeah. Not all men can grow ass hair like I do, so I grow it in one patch. <laughs> <laughs> Oi. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's an interesting time for facial hair. I, I don't think I've seen, uh, I, I saw my roommate's girlfriend and that's- uh, How's her facial hair going? And that's the only girl that I've seen in the past probably two months, so. Nice. So I'm using this as an opportunity to get a little weird and uh, why not, right? I like it, I like it. So what have you been doing during your quarantine? Same thing as everyone, absolutely yeah. nothing. Yeah. Uh, I've been going on a lot of walks. Where do you uh, live? Uh, well, met, but then I, I'm recently back in uh, the city. I just had enough of my parents. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, just wanted to get back and um, you know, shelter place in a, in a new four walls. <laughs> yeah. Walk around uh, in these city streets. But before I left, I had an interesting project. I was uh, shooting a hundred free throws a day. Okay. Trying to, trying to hundred makes or just a hundred attempts and see hundred what... attempts. Okay. So not so not one. full not full mamba mentality. Not full mamba mentality. Yeah, we're not going to be here all day if it's not fallen. I would have been out there all afternoon. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to see if if improvement was real, if like practice made perfect. Okay. Um, and I wanted to see how weather would affect and and different variables. Um, right. And just uh, that was the most fun hour of my day. So what would your typical average be? Was there a progression? Did you see results? There was. There was. Not really at first. I, I, I'll tell you what really changed it up. It was I got a good new ball. That really? Was the, the equipment? Because I had an old ball, and that was I was just bad. I was straight up bad. Sure. Uh, the neighbors were a little bit worried about some of the language I had been using. Foul play foul play um but i think i really got in stride i ended up you know i think my average was 68 percent which is not great but oh. in the month of may 77 percent wow yeah wow okay that's pretty good thanks good thank you there. for yeah so i mean 10 percent be when you're towards... trying to be better than lebron yeah yeah so, same uh, stakes same amount of pressure right same There's routine no yeah. Free throw line's a free throw line. That's what I say. 
<laughs> doesn't matter if it's in front of hundreds of thousands of people watching. You give yourself the Hoosier speech before every hour-long session, like, this might be just an alleyway basket, okay? But the dimensions are the same. The yes, exactly. The it hoop. is a Hoosier, yes. The, the exactly. free-throw line that I marked here with a crack in the foundation of this cement, where would you, where would you shoot? Um, well, I, I had a little piece of chalk, went out with the measuring tape. Wow. 15 feet from the center of the basket, measure it out, had just enough space. Now, as you mentioned, weather, and, you know, we had a tough April shower throughout. Did you have to go out and, you know, put that chalk back down each day almost? Pretty much. It was, it was a tough, it was a, a struggle having to put the chalk down all the That's time. That's a grueling process the more you tell well, me about it. I'll tell you what, rain, yeah. no problem. Really? Rain's fine. Okay. Wind, mm. that's, where, that's where you get screwed. Even from the free throw line, it affects it. So that's why it's even harder for me than LeBron in the big stadium. because he He's got wind. Yep. Yeah. He's just got Lance Stevenson blowing in his ear while he's shooting. Exactly. And it's right. basically the same thing as my neighbor's Doesn't, dog barking, you know. The they, don't allow, they don't allow dogs in the fucking in the stadium. So how, have you been shooting 100 free throws a day? No, a little bit below that, just a slightly lower average. But I'd say my percentage is about right on par. So, And it's been improving with the amount that I'm doing it. It is tough, though. I, was, uh, I had joined a gym. I had really turned a corner before this, and I was, getting, I was getting there every day, like seven days a week. And they had a basketball court in there. And I would, working at a school, you get out before the nine-to-fivers. I'm there at 4 o'clock. Huge get a little little workout in the uh, little warm-up in the gym, I would shoot free throws. Ring, you're out there. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. And then when I see the boys coming in to get real serious and do the huck and chuck gym-style basketball, I get out of there and hit the weights. You know, but I didn't shoot that much. I probably shot 20 free throws. Well, I think I think also just like shooting around. I kind of had the excuse at the beginning of this quarantine, like, oh, well, it's fine that I suck because I never, I haven't picked up a basketball in forever. Right. But yeah. by the end, then it's just like, well, now I'm actually trying at this, and I still can't stay. Yeah, right. that was a little disappointing. Yeah, what's your rim situation though? You got a double rim, or is it a nice guy? It's not a double rim. I'm convinced it's a tough rim. That's what I blame it on. You know, tough rim. Yeah, it's a tougher a argument huge. though if it's not a double rim. I remember, I remember, I got the uh, it's a metal net because I always thought those were bad ass. I remember yeah. my mom that being a big tiff back in the day. It was like, can't put in a metal chain in the backyard; it looks ridiculous. But I think <laughs> it, it, the sound of a of a swish in the metal yeah. basket is unparalleled. So she was just purely against it for a decor reason. For decor, yes. It's too rustic. That's true. It's too rustic. Doesn't match the uh, what kind of what kind of. I've been to your house. Maybe not inside, but I. You guys on little lake? Brick house, little brick house, but I don't. It just doesn't fit with the mat. You know. I get it. Yeah. Plus, you might want to go out, shoot hoops a little bit later. That that metal's gonna make some more some more noise if you're making shots. Yeah, absolutely. I think it makes more noise when I'm missing and then I'm, Jesus fucking Christ, and, you know, sure. saying those kind of things around the neighborhood. Sure, yeah, um, right. And you got – Definitely had to cool it down. There's a lot of youth around you. There's a lot of youth you got to watch out for. 
Sure. Uh, you don't, you don't want to upset the youth in these times, but yeah. um, I think it was also a good opportunity for me to kind of channel some uh, cooped up quarantine frustration. Sure. And just kind of for 30 minutes, pretend that was all that mattered in the world was whether I hit 70 or 65 free throws. Yeah. Well, good on you, for it, but you've had to stop now that you're at the new spot. Yeah, I know, because I'm living over in, like, the Wicker Park Ukrainian village area now. Right. And they actually, they took all the, the rims off the baskets. <laughs> Left the nets, though. No. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> they're, not just, they're not just hovering. <laughs> but it's quite a dystopian thing to see them. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, I would remember going by certain parks where, like, kids would take the rims off them. But, yeah, to just have zero, just backboards. Unbelievable. And then I, I've, I saw in my uh, – a, a different strategy is being deployed by Glencoe in one of my many walks around the North Shore. They've just got wooden planks over the, um, the baskets. Wooden planks? <laughs> it's just insane. Like, you look at it, and you're like, we're living yeah. in, a, in a goddamn world right now. Where yeah, that's hilarious. They made like a at the community yeah. park. It's unacceptable. You should see Highland Park. They put toilet seat covers over them. Oh, can you believe it? It's oh, ridiculous. A little bit of a cheaper option, but it's, it withstands the heat and the cold. <laughs> All weather. All weather. Porcelain. Doesn't matter. Porcelain holds up in the winter way better than the wood. Glencoe needs to learn. Glencoe, well, this is their first rodeo. Highland Park's been here before. The great Highland Park uh, viral <laughs> outbreak of the 80s. Yeah, right. Where it really contained, really contained reach. Unbelievable. What are the uh, Nimrods? This is a, it's a high school up in uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, Watersmeet. You know, I just it, found out that I've been to the Upper Peninsula. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What drove you up there? Well, it was a trip with some family friends. Uh, damn it. Now I'm forgetting it. It's like a uh, very uh, Italian family. Fa damn it. It's like Fabrizio or some something like that. Bennett, I know, is the kid. Anyway, we go up and we're, uh, I believe this is a trip where I saw a hammerhead shark, baby one. And I was swimming in the water earlier and it was pretty close because it was shallow. And then later on, these like drunk 30-year-olds were holding it over their heads at the beach, like super happy that they caught the shark. In the Upper Peninsula? No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> wild <laughs> you were looking at me with such concern i was just like i know but i'm fine that did happen definitely not in the up what was the up then because <laughs> yeah, i don't i <laughs> I, know, I don't know, know. i've spent an incredible amount of time up there but i've never seen a hammerhead shark. <laughs> it was a nimrod so a nimrod's actually you know because i feel like it gets the connotation of like you know some big weirdo or something like that yeah like, gets, oh, the, the guy is a total nimrod you big know? old goofball. He's a goof. Yeah. He's an absolute Nimrod. Right. So it's actually it's actually a trapper. Like if you were a fur trapper, you were a Nimrod. And then the oh. the the kind of insults kind of developed from those people just being those woodsy out there idiots who were uneducated and then they called uh, them Nimrods. I see. Oh, oh if you're a Nimrod, you're just you're so out there. Yeah. Definitely lost but, a little bit of its definition over the generations there. Right. But the yeah. town of Watersmeet, Michigan, they're proud of being Nimrods and <laughs> named their high school accordingly. 
That's hilarious. How old is the high school? Did it just progressively get more and more like shitty of a name? Hey, it's been like that for a long time. Right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that's just, uh, you know, since we're Trevians and it's been that way for so long, there's yeah. just the ones, you know? Right. Eventually that's going to be seen as a real douche Trevians or a real, real something. Real something. Both of my um, mascots, high school and college, were just a citizen from a place. Trevians, people from Trier, and then Hoosiers, people from Indiana. It's like, cool. I'm a big fan of those regional nicknames, though. Nimrod is good, too. Hawkeye, it's like, it's are Hawkeyes name. a specific? It's Hawkeye State. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So bit. then you are then, because it's the Hoosier State, so we are Hoosiers. Are you then Hawkeyes? Is that kind of how you colloquially colloquially call the citizens of Iowa? Um, yes, but to a lesser extent than Indiana. I think Indiana's got a more established Hoosiers. Well, Hoosier is definitely much more like a name, and Hawkeye is like, be weird to call yourself Hawks. Right. But the, uh, the old Hoosier mama, that's, that's a good uh, yeah. regional tale for the crossroads of uh, America. Yeah, that's been around for 50 years as well since the five championships. It's been our damn anthem, the uh, Who's Your Daddy song. Who's Your Daddy. Yeah. No, really. But, but you know, it's good to know we're both Trevians at the core. Yeah, right? no, it's nice. What I was going to ask you a question uh, about Iowa. Did you ever – I almost went to Iowa because there was a Chipotle and a Buffalo Wild Wings with just one establishment in between them, just one thing holding – apart the most beautiful relationship of all time. But do you ever go to both of them in one day and get some like boneless wings and put it in a burrito or burrito bowl? I never had to, I never came oh. up. I, if you had pitched that beautiful idea to me as a, as a young freshman, yeah, I would have been apt to it, but I never, uh, never even conceptualized that in my head. I kind of figured that that would be one of those bucket what, list things for all Hawkeyers. What flavor would you throw into the? Uh, I don't know. Chipotle burrito. You know which one wouldn't you? I think I'd probably go buffalo and just see what happens. Mm. Probably a medium. I mean, I think that spicy garlic would be good in there. That'd be nice. Yeah, maybe a nice dry rub, dry sauce, seasoning. I'm thinking I want a saucy. Hey, drip into that rice a little bit. Get it wet. All right, sure. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I was Dry thinking about. Can, that, that's for another day. All right. Because um, I was thinking some Parmesan garlic. You know mm. what I mean? I believe that's a dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that would be pretty good. I'm just yeah. thinking. I want that. I want that buffalo sauce seeping into the rice. Oh yeah. No, I'm thinking about that. Kind of like a buffalo chicken type of deal. In if you combine buffalo chicken and a burrito. That'd be kind of nuts. So, what was your go-to Bloomington like crazy such college food go-to? Um, well, I would go to Chipotle a lot. It was on four twenty Kirkwood, so that's tight. That's so tight. You know, make a joke about it every time I go in there to the people who work there. They'd love it. And <laughs> can you imagine? Um, 
boy, there was this place called Buffaloes, great buffalo wings, and it was this, it was in this old, um, like kind of hippie library that was all really cool wood, and it had like different levels to it that you had to take like maybe a ladder up to the very top perch table that was this big booth and um, walk up some stairs to get up to another kind of like level that felt like a balcony looking down over some stuff and so that was a cool place and you could just chill there for a while watching sports because they had tv up on all the walls that kind of sounds like that address would be 420 Kirkwood I like that that's a cool vibe over there yeah it's huge vibes um and then also there, I loved this Cajun place. Mark Cuban's apparent favorite restaurant when he went to IU, Dats. It was Cajun food. They had it all ready, like made just in um, crock pot type of deals. So whenever you go there, just right away have it. And then they have a whole table of just different hot sauces. And you just can take as much as you want. It's, uh, There's always uh, a hot sauce guy. I don't know if you remember in, in eighth grade, I had some, uh, I had different hot sauces that I would keep in my locker. Did you really? What would you keep? Because so, those, those chicken sandwiches that, uh, yeah. back at WJHS. Wow, you were a fucking trick on their own. You were smart. Uh, that was, that was, that was good thinking. Yeah. What would you keep? Louisiana's, Cholula. I mean, I had all the different, you know, like, it was like just top row, you know, like top you know, shelf. Locker. Was, yeah, where you're supposed to put like stuff like pencils and you know the important stuff. Yeah. that was my hot sauce spot and the books at the bottom. Cool, damn. No anything, doubt. anything other, anything else that you kept in your locker or other cool tips and tricks you had throughout junior high to survive? Okay, let's see. Cool. All right, everyone out there, like here's there my cool tips to survive junior high school. Cool uh, tips and no. tricks brought to you by Ben. I, I can't really think of it. I liked when you were talking about that slime experiment because I definitely like sludge. Your, sl your sludge. Your, keep your sludge in your locker. <laughs> figure what the fuck's up with that. Yeah. Take it home for a day. It's like your right. your, your guinea pig. You get yeah. to like your classroom guinea pig. You get to take your sludge home for a day. Go take it to the water treatment plant next to Gilson. That's cheating. That's cheating. Can't can't ask the water. <laughs> no, <you do>. <laughs> the water <laughs> treatment. Guy. Put it through their systems. Um, I feel like you know. We came up with a lot of our concoctions. I feel like there were more experiments, like, at Nutria. Like, you had, like, remember there were all those scrounge people? And then there was, like... Well, you and I would chill. In the, we, you and I were a scrounge crew for a whole year. We were a scrounge crew. And there were yeah. some freaking savages out there that would put the gushers into their Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah. That was next level. Yeah, that's tough. That's some uh, real natural seasoning in your... What would they would put it in the slushy? Well, you would take, you would buy like, you know, the Mountain Dew slushy. Right. And then there would also be gushers. like, just, people would just throw a pack of gushers in there. That was never my cup of tea. I like, I like, I like my gushers warm and soft, not uh, frozen and in my slushy. Yeah. Just kind of like, kind of like shriveled grapes at the, at the bottom of a already drunken slushy. Do you think do you think other high schools had something to the equivalent of the scrounge? Because that was a really unique petri right. dish. Yeah. Of, it was just like in the bottom yeah. of the whole school, just like a movie theater type of concession stand that we would just How go would for you a free period. Scrounge to a non uh nutritional. Yeah, in the bottom and the middle of this 
a hundred plus year school is just this smaller cafeteria than our main one where you literally have a movie theater concession stand and your parents are paying for everything. So it doesn't matter. Um, and then, yeah, it was our free period. That was great. But the, the social dynamics of the Who family. was our squad when we sat together? Was it just you and me? It might have just been you and I, because that was but, first period. That was, it was, that was our morning scene. And that was with but, geoscience. But, but the freaks and the geeks love to hang out in the scrounge. But then you right. also had, like, tri-ship and girls club and pep club down there. So it was really oh, yeah, that's right. of, of all I forgot about like, the fact that they had classrooms attached to it. But that couldn't be legit classrooms because who the fuck would ever teach attached to the scrounge? That'd be terrible. So they have to make it just like a club that meets for like 30 minutes a day. It was a dark spot. Right. I remember I guess people think of Nutria, you know, and it is, you know, this ridiculous school, but it's an old building and the basement yeah. of an old building is was a little. And just around that corner was the bathroom or one of like, I think two or three bathrooms I know of where kids would smoke weed. Like if they were to do it in the school, you know, not out. Gotta the, have your good high school weed smoking bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. And then right around the corner from there was, yeah, how many high schools had just a, a place in the back of their, in their school called Narnia, which was just like a mysterious yeah. right. tunnel of hallways. That just yeah. Did that get taken out with the construction? I don't think so. Who knows? Do you think the, they ever found Tommy? Tommy went in there and they never found him. Tommy Holcomb? Did they recover his remains from the, uh, the, the loss of Narnia. Tommy Holcomb? Not <laughs> Tommy Holcomb. Who? Tommy, Tommy was spared. No, just hypothetical Tommy who walked oh. in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's never been found. They God couldn't even find Tommy his Holcomb. last name. Yeah, thank God Tommy Holcomb never. Uh... Well, he went in there. Oh. And, then, and then the other Tommy was like, hold on. We can't both be lost during he this. He got a message from old Tommy's ghost. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, There's some cats running around there and stuff like that. I was going to say, I remember when one time when my scrounge crew was me, Nick Bueller, and Matt Lynch. And that was when our biology was, you know, the free period. And Cody Taglianetti, do you remember that kid? Don't remember that name. He was a total scrounge, just terrible kid, <laughs> a year older than us. He wore like, you know, he was a white kid with like uh you know, kind of flowy, shitty hair and like really baggy jeans. And he would always come over to like fuck with Matt Lynch and like say he's a pussy. And Matt was like, dude, I will fight you. Like, leave us alone. I don't want to talk to you. He's like, oh, because I'll kick your ass. He's like, I will beat the shit out of you. But just we're at school. Like, what do you want me to do? Um, classic, classic high school move. Just go over to the other table, just talk some trash, and then yeah. carry on. Your day. Then go to <laughs> yeah, dude. and just be like i'll beat the shit out of you he's like anytime and place he's like nah i'm just gonna talk shit during third period you bitch yeah <laughs> nah dude i only the scrounge is my realm yeah but just i mean how would you describe just a classic scrounge per they call them scrounge rats actually scratch scratch <laughs> yeah. that was an archetype right like, yeah a, you know 
There's different cliques in high school, and then there's just the scrounge rats. The aristocrats. We had our geology class down there in the basement, too. Not directly yeah. on the scrounge, but... Uh, Was it geology or geoscience? Geoscience. Yeah. So Rocks. we Rocks we did a, a presentation on hurricanes. Yes. And our yes. teacher... Everyone had to do a natural disaster. Say it again. Everyone had to do a different natural disaster. And the, the unit was natural disasters, and we got hurricanes. Uh, our teacher, do you remember our teacher's name? Nope. Yeah, neither do I. I remember what she looks like. Yep. Really kind of crazy eyes, you know, and a kind of bulging nose, kind of kind of witch-like. Looks like a science Yep. <clears throat> Straight brown hair, brown, black. Yeah. Um, classic white lady science teacher, and we did not like her. Class didn't like her. Not a very good teacher. I think it was her first year. Something like that. She was she was older, but it was her first year at New York. Right. But the one thing that she would just be pretty fucking cool on and that you could take advantage of, and see, she seemed to love it, she loved presentation value. The presentation value. So we took it up to the A-plus notch. Do you remember any other examples? Because I feel like that was like we leveled up a third time. Because we did it once before and we're like, oh, my God, we got like an extra two points or something. I wonder this if This is we... definitely the climate. Because, yeah, she cared about like the effort. Like she wanted to know that we were trying and like cared about the presentations. It wasn't yeah. actually about whether you were able to properly right. diagnose. Igneous Which, dude, I mean, at the time I thought we were like, totally taken advantage of her and she didn't understand how I many we extra points she was given out and we were but both of us remember that presentation you know vividly and oh, i'm yeah. thinking if that was kind of her idea of like i'm gonna get these kids to like feel excited about learning and uh like kind of have fun with it and actually enjoy the learning great job and I think I think we were just we d we didn't give a fuck because we were the older we were the seniors right. No, and everyone else was younger. That was, a, we that was our junior year. That was our junior okay. year. But no, Nutrier is very political. Even how you take your classes, there's the classic biology, chemistry, physics, or and that's like what most people do. Right. Then I think the nerds or like the kids that really cared about it would go physics, chemistry, bio for, you know, I don't know. I don't know why that was a difference and why that mattered, but I confident a bit for physics. Just, yeah. You just want to go physics right away. Then there was the kind of slacker way of geoscience, bio chem, and then maybe physics, but probably not. But then we took geoscience junior year. I took, I didn't even take a science freshman year. I don't think. Then I took bio, then I took geoscience, then I took a level two chem my senior year. So science was not what I focused on. I was never a science guy. That yeah. was not my strong suit. I think so, I got a C. I took biology freshman year, and I think I just got a C. It was not pretty. I remember you saying that, yep, yeah, right? Because we had well, both we, taken biology. We were biology. These, the older crew in this geology room, and we were inspired yeah. hot off the press by Tim and Eric's ridiculous content. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That, sure. That, yeah. So there were two doors that entered yeah. the classroom, and, like, so, the presentation well, was in right. the middle. Yeah. So so we were doing hurricanes, and, and the actual hurricane content was not 
was very B minus quality. We didn't really do much research outside of the basics. But like some girl went up and was like, okay, and this is, you know, this is an F1 tornado and this is an F2 tornado. And then right. like next presentation, yeah. you turn off all the lights <laughs> in the classroom. You leave the classroom. Yeah. And you queued up uh, Rocky like a hurricane yeah. by Scorpion. Yeah. So there's just no one in the room, just black room, <laughs> all these sophomores in high school, just like, okay, what's going on? And then we just like busted through the doors at the same time and put our hands up and we're just spinning like her. Yeah. Just spinning around. Right. And did an awesome ass high five in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we and practiced this. We practiced the cyclone <laughs> and high five more than our actual like presentation. Yeah, yeah, and then after that, like, because the then after we that, were, we were just like, all right, and uh, went over and nine. went over like, and okay, we this is about to be the coolest presentation of all time, and then just no, just some yeah, B minus, yeah, boring ass, right? Because then we immediately are just like, all right, there's an F one hurricane, then an <laughs> F two hurricane, same boring presentation. We just had an intro. Hurricanes are created by a tropical depression. <laughs> yeah, we don't even don't even change the the tone in our voice. And as you can see so here on slide one, everyone was just so shell shocked and glad that the lights were back on. Right. Yeah. Like. Oh, okay. Can we? I pulled up uh, the Rocky Like a Hurricane music video. I just want to see how long it takes in the beginning. Because we waited Cause I, way too. Long. I remember we let it just play. All right. You looking at Rocky like a hurricane? Oh, I can see the screen, and I'm not making that up. Do you hear it? Oh yeah. Just standing outside the bathroom. The lights are dark. <laughs> no one's in the room. First period. I forget exactly the point we did the high five, but it was yeah, definitely me pushing too. it. And I think it was kind of like cool. 15 seconds in there when it like down, 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 down. You know, they don't sing it there, but maybe we cut it in later. I don't know, but dude, that was a lot of tight, like a lot of wild cats women with red over their uh, eyes and then dudes just like <laughs> <laughs> i saw so many dudes with just their mouths agape for like one frame yeah. punk rock presentation yeah let's talk about hurricanes <laughs> we got like plus plus 20 is too high but it, it was, was like we we got a hundred and eleven on it or something like that we almost felt guilty about it we we're like yeah, wow it was like, the oh actual my God. work we put in was bad yeah um, I also remember one time in that class, like, because it was how it worked was you had like certain lab days where like we had first period off sometimes, but then other times we'd have it blocked for first and second period. Right. We had, it was on a day that we had the free period, but we weren't in the scrounge together because we had a test second period. So I was studying alone up mm -hmm. in the radio room on the fifth floor. 
left me to the left me to the scratch. And I went to go sharpen my pencil because it was kind of like in the back office, which was locked. Mm-hmm. And I like, you know, had my backpack in there and I had my shoes off. I was just kicking it. And I went to go sharpen my pencil and the door locked behind me. And I was like, oh, fuck. Mm. I was locked out without any shoes. I was just <laughs> walking around barefoot with like one number two pencil. <laughs> and our test was in like 15 minutes. And I had no uh, idea how I was going to get out of the situation. Yeah. And I, after like five minutes of just sitting there, just thinking, all right, how am I going to fix this? I was like, I got to go like find some janitor to like let me in. All right. And God willing in the creek don't rise. As I'm walking down the stairwell, Marissa Andra is like walking in late from school and she was also on the radio boards. So then she had a key for me. Oh. And I was able to take the test with my shoes on. Nice. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't recall you being shoeless for any tests. Shoeless, shoeless Ben uh, Jackson. Yeah. Taking his uh, geology or what are we, is it, was it geoscience? I don't know. I, I think know. it is geoscience. Geoscience. I think so. Yeah. Test without shoes. That would Just like the, the very basic one about the earth. But I survived. Thanks to Marissa. Thank you, Marissa Andra. Yeah. She's a, tuning she, in, right? She's been a day oneer. Yeah regular listener yeah i thought you were gonna say she brought um a janitor with she just had a janitor with her because you know why she brought a janitor with her as the number two listener of this podcast so i had two subscribers before i've unleashed one thank you marissa thank you rodrigo <laughs> thank you <laughs> appreciate that rodrigo yeah, is that one of the janitors been, I, I just like had this so. moment of like i'm gonna look like the biggest fucking clown because i'm just walking <laughs> yeah. around my high school barefoot um That'd be like a funny move, though. You could play it off like it's a joke. And that's just such a terrible excuse. Like you show up to the test, yeah. one pencil that I was sharpening barefoot, no backpack. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'm here. <laughs> and, you like, and you locked the, uh, the key behind you in the room? Yes. Yeah. And I knew it the second the door closed. It was like, oh, that's not going to. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. we, we didn't just go to school together in, you know, high school. We were always back in the McKenzie days. We're McKenzie kids that can't. We can't. Yeah. We're not, we're not cheaters. We're cheetahs. Exactly. I forgot about the whole cheetahs thing until um, I forget who brought it up like a month or two ago. But, yeah. They, they, they really pushed that McKenzie kids can thing on us. Yeah, and I don't think that's a thing anymore because I know, you know, Sarah Merkin – Yes. She teaches fourth grade at uh, McKenzie with... Hard uh, to conceptualize, just like... I, yep. It was just yesterday, Sarah Merkin was my fourth grade peer. How she... Yep. Have a whole... And I'm sure she's very qualified. I'm not, you know... Yeah. I'm knocking that, but it's just yeah. weird in my head to think... Oh, right. Oh. Right. Even for yeah. you at Ramona, you know, like, it's just weird to think, oh my gosh, Jack McWilliams is yeah. running around with Ramona Mustards. Yep. I'm running and I'm I'm running, I'm wrestling, I'm having a good time. Does Ramona have any cool mottos that they employ these days? What are we working with? Okay, so first of all, we're the Ramona Mustangs. Stangs. Okay. Stangs. Uh, We had our 60 year last year, 60 year anniversary. And Ramona rocks. Okay. Ramona rocks. You wanna you wanna know what that stands for? Okay. Oh, it's an acronym. R is, this is the song too, but I'm not really going <laughs> to sing it. R is for respect, 
the golden rule. <laughs> Originality, always be yourself. C is for courage. Uh, care for each or C is for courage. A's got to be knowledge. Something. K is K is for kindness. Oh, care for each other. Last but not least is sincerity. Ramona, school is where we want to be. Ramona rocks. Or this, it's like that's something. This is a complicated procedure. Yeah, I know it's tough. Uh, it's been a while. It's like opening every assembly. Yeah. Are, they have a, is this, are assemblies still a thing? Yep. Good. I that's love assemblies because I just get to sit with my kid and chill instead of trying to like teach him something. Or, oh, like, yeah. deal with something, you know, just like assemblies just are the there. ultimate win wins. Yeah, they're great. Like, and I feel like teachers, I mean, teachers, you get to you get to take your foot off the gas a little bit, but you gotta kind of like be like, hey, Tony, like, cut it out. Like, that's kind of a fun form of discipline. Yeah, no, they're uh, they can be little shits in there, and you know, you gotta be able to represent Ramona and all of the rocks, uh, tenants. When you're guys, in a, guys, when you're in an assembly, yeah. we are representing Ramona right now. <laughs> Though at every assembly, I am much too large for the seat, and so I've got it. But I'm also way too tall for the kid that's behind me, so I got to get way down. But then my knees are going right into the seat in front of me. It's a catch twenty-two. You know, some of my earliest feelings of of guilt were coming from like assemblies when people were just straight up rude to those presenters. Right. I just remember like being like, holy shit, I feel so bad for that person who has to present. Cause you had, who, who are some of the bad boys in McKenzie? Um, well, I remember the one year that the guy came who could do like any math problem in his head. <laughs> that guy. Oh, I don't remember that one. <laughs> and oh. literally he would just, he, he was like, his whole performance is just him on stage. And I think each class could like come up with a problem to give him and he would do it live. And he just kind of like got it. He's just like, okay, um, uh, two, uh, seven, and then he would just like say like 41,072,275. And we're like, yes. That poor man. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. Oh man! But yeah. then you just had Austin knuckleheads just making fun of him. Right? Yeah. Uh, Nerd. Yeah. So in like fourth grade, though kids are getting kind of older earlier these days too. But even now, it's not too disrespectful. It's more like they can't even control right. themselves, just being like antsy and like fucking. I gotta move Bumble my around. body, like you know. <laughs> I don't. I couldn't imagine working at Highcrest or Wilmot Junior High, and just having to be, just having to work there and like deal with those kids. That's what. That's what I was the biggest piece pure. of shit. There's nothing more. There's nothing more genuinely evil than <clears throat> um, suburban seventh yeah. grade. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can all look at our seventh grade selves and be like, I was a little bit evil. Yeah. No, that's the exact time I can pinpoint in my life where like. I would, I'm not, I'm least proud of that, <laughs> of that version. I am not proud of my seventh grade self. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I don't want to, don't want to talk about that, but I do, is this still a thing not to gash you up too much, but I remember you were like the, the coolest kid at McKenzie and here's so why. Okay. And here's why. Yeah. Because there were, you were the best at quarterback. Right. 
so then there was like a direct relationship. Like I remember you were the best quarterback. So like, you know, black letter law automatically cool. Right. And then Ernie Roth was the fastest. Yep. Automatically cool. Like yep. you can run faster than any other boy in the school. I remember him being a stud out there as well. You are cool. And then the other one that comes to mind, Tierney was like the best wide receiver. Yeah. So like fast kid himself as well. He was no doubt. He was an amazing soccer player, especially. But yeah. Yeah. And but um, football, that was like yeah how it all worked in the social scene back. In the sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I also won the uh, the long toss, third and fourth grade, the softball long toss. See, that's just yeah, that's just your cannon arm. I remember yeah. it was just like yesterday. I mean, it was like, literally just because I was just naturally larger, I think, than everybody at the time. I think that's about the main. I've got hand-eye coordination. I've got all the natural stuff to to be the best at a four hundred person elementary school in Wilmette. For sure, but it was yeah. important. It was yeah. important. And I, I remember at least not being like an absolute dick. Cause I remember like feeling that I was like in charge of that football game. And I remember f like, cause Daniel Rothenberg was like a ref. Remember that, you know, everybody wanted to be such a dick to him and I wasn't nice to him, but I remember like, everybody was just like, never come back here again. Like never play with us. And I was like, well, how about he like, refs you know and he was just like oh ref ref i, I, I can ref it was like okay he was so thrilled. Then, yeah he was thrilled to ref but then he took way too much power and i just remember every time that he would like overstep his bounds people would like look to me and i'm like good lord like this is i hate yeah, this no, kid i don't want to i mean everyone knows quarterback is you know the cap in the field but like that's how it worked back in the day like yep. it was messed up i'm not saying it was all perfect no, and but like, if that's I, how, you didn't have a say in the matter. You were just the best at quarterback, so it's like, okay, right. well, you're you're the one we're going to lean on, right? Yeah, and you I probably then ended up like, farther. right, yeah. and also because, <laughs> no offense to Ernie Roth and I think Paul Zanatopoulos, I remember they were they were great, but the difference between me and them was, if Ernie's quarterback is just Ernie, 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 Ernie over here, Ernie. And that is literally what watching the elementary – it's so funny because I always watch the elementary school kids play football now, and it's just saying the kids whose quarterback's name. That is elementary school recess football. It's just every kid saying the quarterback's name until way too late into the play clock. <laughs> so do you ever do you ever just, like, kind of lean back and, like, say, ah, you know? <laughs> yeah. You kind of Rico from Uncle Rico. It. Yeah, I know. Back in my day, I was a quarterback. You know, if the, yeah. those high crest teachers just yeah. gave me the chance, would have been yeah. completely different. Right. Um, no, I. There's one time when, because during the winter we have to be inside for a lot of recesses, or you know, on, on days you have to be inside. They'll play football in the gym, and I like would be supervising that. And uh, I remember one time they were just getting way too pushy-shovey. It was literally the day after um, the Browns, Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph brawl, Thursday night football. Bad influences, man. So they come in, and they're just pushing and shoving. And I, like, the ball lands over by me, and I grab it. Cool catch, too. So it looked, looked you know, like, oh, shit. You know, like, Mr. McWilliams has the ball. They're like, Mr. McWilliams, Mr. McWilliams. And I just, like, 
was like, you know, you guys are getting a little too, like, a little too intense right now. Like, you guys, I haven't seen one play where somebody isn't complaining about getting hurt and getting pushed too hard. Everybody's doing it. And I was just like, you know, I used to play this every day. And I remember. Now you're the, now you're the Daniel Rothenberg. Now you're the ref. Yeah, I was like, what? Fuck here. Okay. Ties a turn. Well, I remember, I remember we used to play tackle when there was snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. But I didn't totally understand the rules of football, and I remember really getting into it with John Friesen one day. Ooh. Because because I was like, I I mean, you were the quarterback, and then, like, Tierney was, like, top titty wide receiver. <laughs> I was, like, the role player. I was the slot right wide receiver. Like, sure, you know, yeah. Middle of the pack. I, you know, I was probably one of those guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be my check down um, after, but, but after Adam is. But the boys were on about the same platform as me. So we could hold our own, but we weren't, you weren't the best at anything by any means. Okay. And I remember we were having getting real physical because it was tackle. And I remember one time, like at the line of scrimmage, I was cornerback, he was wide receiver, just tackling him at the line, like at the at the line, and just getting into a scrap with him. Because I thought that was like, because I was like, yeah. oh, it's tackle football. And then I remember <laughs> right, being yeah. like, that's not the fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that uh, one day, just like a a person who was supervising recess, which nowadays we have like. 20 adults out there um back then it was like two and i think and i think both of them were like substitutes just like whoever they could get for the day is that really old mean woman remember yes but she was always on the blacktop she would never come over towards us so that's why it was okay and then just one day yeah she was like jack mcwilliams geez that guy can throw that that guy threw the softball furthest last year and it looks like he's gonna throw it furthest this year yeah um (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to stay a softball throw away from Jack McWilliams. That means I got to be all the way off off the uh off the grass. But um fuck, what was I going to say? One time the substitute supervisor saw that like somebody was really hurt, I think when we were playing tackle and they came out and they're like, "Hey, you guys can't do this." And we're like, "Yeah, we do this all the time." It's like, "Nope, not allowed." We're like, "All right, well, we're going to do it tomorrow." So Yeah. Yeah. Trig off. All right. But it was just like this oh, guy. Yeah, got, that was the magic of it. We all had like rubber bones at that point. <laughs> right. We were malleable. Got, I don't remember any crazy injuries or anything. Sam Watson would pretend to be hurt every day. Um, classic Sam Watson. Yeah. Tough thing <laughs> to be remembered for, but I I think everybody <laughs> I've talked to remembers that. Oh, yeah, 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 he definitely would. Uh, and he kept playing all sports at a higher level much longer than I did. Well, I mean, I think that's part of the funny part of all of this is like, I don't like. I mean, I don't think it necessarily translated to like later in life. Not know. at all. I, that, I, I mean, and you I could didn't still even probably throw a softball pretty far. I'm not saying you couldn't, dude. If I try to throw a softball as far as I can now, I threw out my shoulder in like when I was 13, when I was in seventh grade. Um, it, I didn't do my physical therapy right when I was a kid because I was just like, eh, fuck this, you know. Um, it doesn't hurt when I'm just chilling, and then I tried to like throw again. And uh, it was actually that Rebels team that finally I realized, like, oh, I'm, I'm done with baseball because my arm was hurt. And at that point, I was so out of shape and just, like, not as good as everybody anymore. I was like, well. That, that was about it. But yeah. K through four, you could throw I, that softball. Dude, I was just – So I goddamn far. Could throw it farther. I remember also, though, too – 
it was starting to it was starting to show that people were catching up to me at the end reaching your feet fourth grade oh yeah <laughs> because <laughs> because i remember the what was the dash 100 meters or 100 yard dash 100 yard dash okay yeah i remember only the top two kids from each class would go yep. Yep. first grade i was one of the top i was the best in my class and then I like made it to the final race. I didn't win it, but like I was in it. And second grade, I was the second guy in my class. And third grade, I didn't even make the top two. And fourth grade, I was like starting to, I was like not even top five. It was like, oh, okay. I'm not that fast, but I, I could still throw it. You can throw it far. Hey, but at least you had that. But, but the 100 yard dash, that was the Ernie Roth show. Oh, yeah. That was where the whole school. And that was where he said, yeah, we all like, came out for, we all came out for Roth. Buffed his chest and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the title back again. I'm, I'm holding it. I'm yeah. holding the serve for another year. Dude, and he yeah. would, he defended is, the title. What a stud. God bless him. Yeah. And it was like, if you win that competition, automatically cool. Yeah. The long toss fourth grade was me and Owen Deutsch. And mm. although he played baseball throughout all of high school, but talk about two guys that did not go the athletic route after like, both our parents, I think, were uh, talking about how, like, you know, like, oh, they're just uh, assuming that we're going to be athletes growing up. And then Owen oh, Knight is a punk rock, punk rock drummer. I'm New pursuing York, right? comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Badass. But in those days, that was the most important thing in our lives. Like, if you had a, if you had a good day at recess, like, you, if you, you were 70% completion rate, like, you were going right. home happy. Oh yeah. That was success back in the day. Dude, I was I I was like best friends with Joseph O'Brien, but I would never even sit with him at lunch back then because football was just the thing. And it was just whoever played football came and sat at my table. And I remember a bunch of people like surrounding me. And I do remember like one day Joseph like was trying to sit there and there's just too many people around me. And then it just we ended up then sitting together at like high crest, junior high, everything else. But it was just funny that like, I was just like, dude, I mean, I'm the man at football. It's third grade. I got to eat hash browns with these like guys. Like it or not, that was the fact <laughs> of the matter. That's how it worked. Yeah. I was a hot commodity. Hot commodity. Almost as hot as those uh, square pieces of pizza we used to have. Those on Wednesdays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, you were a hot commodity. I remember I remember there was one I was pumped I got invited to your birthday one year. Really? And it Which, was uh, Austin Powers. You were going to have a sleepover and watch Austin Powers. You remember that? Nah. What what uh what birthday would that have been? Couldn't tell you what grade it was. One yeah. of those probably third or fourth grades. Right. But it was like you were going to have a sleepover and watch Austin Powers. Okay. And I wasn't fucking there cuz my mom wouldn't let me. Damn. I remember just being like, it's not even that bad, Mom. Oh, because Austin Powers? Yeah. Mm. And sleep. I think it was And sleepover, yeah. It was just like, this is a little much, man. That's tough. Know. A sleep under in Austin Powers, maybe Austin Powers and come, you know, sleep over and yeah. something and I think like. It, it, it's rated like PG-13. It's not even. Yeah. My parents were in to let me watch comedies that were inappropriate. Not like, uh, they didn't want to watch, have me watch action. My mom always said she'd rather have me see uh, boobs and butt over, like, uh, blood and guts. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right. And then... Uh, greater than action. Right, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Let's get you to watch some Moulin Rouge or Titanic, okay? Put put brothers in arms back on the shelf. <laughs> Just whoa. <laughs> um but yeah. And uh like old school, I remember watching at a very young age. Lots of things like that. You know, I, I, was, I remember the first time I watched old school. That that I re- I remember it very distinctly. Because of the scene with the possibly that oil wrestling scene, but the yeah, other parts too. That was um my brothers showed me that I think I was at a friend's uh one of their friends' places, and then they just like made me cover my eyes during it, but it was just like I was just like this. I was I was at Jake at Drake Weiermiller's house and the eyes were not covered. Wow. It was you want to, but you want to blow any like third grade, fourth graders' mind? Show them the movie Titanic. It'd be their favorite movie they've ever seen. Yeah, but also now, like those kids can just straight up look up porn. They're like, "Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> what is this?" Yeah, yikes! Yeah, we Fi- didn't, yeah, kids. Fi- you know what I'm saying? We didn't have iPads and yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. No, I was watching a podcast uh, of like 30-year-olds that they were saying when they needed to look up something originally, it was just like, it was like two like old amateur people just like, it was like, do you guys have sex? It's like, yeah. It's like, all right, cool. Like, let's watch, like, not even anybody attractive, just anybody they could see actually doing it wasn't a big thing online. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah well, we had, we had old school. We had old school. Yeah. And that was enough. Yeah, but like... I ran Great Gilson for a couple summers, and uh, one day this kid, first of all, the counselor just brings in the kid with the phone, doesn't preface anything, just brings him into my office, and just like hands me porn on this kid's phone, and just like deal with it, and then just like, like this is above my goes back to him, and I was just right like, up. all right, like I I think I know how to handle this, but I would have enjoyed like a quick like, hey man, this kid has porn on his phone gonna bring in that because now i have to have like i have to have a very controlled facial response so i don't like you know ruin this kid's relationship to sex forever Uh, you know they don't they don't don't tell you that in the introduction meeting hey when you're gonna be the you know director of great gilson this is some shit you're gonna have to do right were you a great gilson kid camper no i didn't actually go to the camp like all my good friends did i remember because i was you did? I was. Tom, Tommy went, camper. Sam went, Joe went, Dubin. Dubin. Dubin yeah. was Dubin was the he was he was a cool kid at, at Great Gills. I remember that. He used to have but blonde the highlights at Great back Gilson, in the day. Like the undisputed coolest kid. Yeah. Was Ellis Patron. That's so funny because he worked there and he would totally be like, like as me joking and acknowledging like my athletic prowess in K through four, he was legit. Like, yeah, it was pretty fucking cool back then. Because like, you know, Ellis would drop because he had a he had a mohawk and yeah. it was like dyed red. Right. And I remember thinking, like, my parents would never let me get that, but that is badass. <laughs> yeah. Right. He, he just, the kid just spewed confidence as a as a second grader. Yeah, that's one of many things that your parents wouldn't let you do back then. I guess so. Yeah. I could have been like Alice Patrol, man. I'm telling you. Yep. Or at least watched Austin Powers. <laughs> that was a cool. Yeah. Meanwhile, when we're working as counselors, Ellis Patrell, uh, he would like show me, he like one day had weed at camp 
and just like broke it out of his bag and was showing me at the park. There's like dozens of kids around us, just not like immediately right next to us. And he's just like, yo, check it out. I'm like, cool, dude, that's pot. You know, <laughs> it's like, I'm just, we're working. And I, <laughs> there are kids you. around and you're not, it's not like you're showing me anything like revolutionary right now. Do they still have those red lunch bags that you had to put your name on? Yeah, but they also had a couple years where it was green. But yeah, we still give out lunch bags and shirts. Green. They're pretty cool, dude. They're pretty cool. They've got a nice... My my great Gilson shirt's yellow, and I want my lunch bags red. The shirts are still yellow. Good. Yeah. Slightly different design, but honestly, it's a cooler design. Another way uh, to show that you're the absolute coolest back in the day was if your parents let you have Lunchables. Yep. Yep. Now, did they, did they didn't have kiddos back then, right? Or like, yeah. So now yeah. the fucking thing is like, you can get uh, Piero's Subway. One day it's Dairy Queen Blizzards. Like these different like restaurants will do like a meal for a kid, but it turned into such a fucking logistical hassle where we're getting a hundred lunches shipped to us at 10 or 10:30 and lunches at 11 and I've got to, and that's when we're at the beach so we've got to supervise the beach but not only but now we have to organize a hundred lunches because if not we're just kind of giving out these hundred lunches and kids are just like it's a huge yeah it's terrible. God bless Timmy gets pepperoni when he didn't ask for it right yeah or fucking Timmy gets Tommy's and then Tommy already you know ate the thing and it's like it's fucking terrible. <laughs> These parents like yeah, that's another one of those things. Yeah, they don't tell you that when you're signing up. That's- yeah, that ended up being like the biggest hassle at that job was the fucking dealing with the parents who just couldn't pack their kid a cheese sandwich, like fucking a lunchable, anything. You gotta get. You no, know, your kid has to get a hot meal delivered to him right before. It's tough. Kids these days, parents these days. Yeah. And then all the kids are just crowded around the table, just like, where's mine? Mine! Putting their hands in. <laughs> yeah, then you're, yeah, just the seagulls from us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the beach. I mean, it's, 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 are, yeah. are we that much different? And then they bring the extra food from that onto the beach, and then we get a bunch of fucking seagulls that are just like nonstop in our ship. Right. I yeah. feel like having 100 kids near open water would freak me the heck out. Oh, yeah, when it's all the camp, it's like 200, 250, all in the water at once. Yeah. So what's like, what was like the coolest game that they played these days? What's the, what are, what's the fan favorite activity? Um, at camp, the older kids love dodgeball and knockout. Um, super knockout. We would play with like the counselors on that one hoop on the street next to the tennis courts. The tennis courts. So where if you're like my size, you can dunk. So that's fun. So I would always like try my hardest against the kids. And then when it is like the end and it's like, everybody's gotten out by me and they actually like do win and get me out one time, everybody loses their shit. Like that's what's fun is not just like oh, giving the kids their. Yeah, yeah, everyone. Right. That, that, that really is. I mean, it's just like a freeing the people. Like right. there's nothing more pure than the than a jailbreak yeah. excitement and then everybody or super yeah. and then everybody you know respectfully hopefully being like fuck you 
Jack, you know, type of, you know, like, that, oh. it's that youthful feeling like liberation, like, right. Yeah. 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 Nothing like making yourself the enemy just to get everybody, you know, same side. Remember those arguments like, no, we're playing super Naga. No, this isn't right. super. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You, you got out by him. No, I got out over there. <laughs> Hey, hey, you have to wait Jack, to shoot. You have Jack, to wait to Jack, shoot. Jack. Tell him that, that he got out by me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then that's the time when it's like, I'm not director right now. I'm playing the game. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah. But do they still do? Are you able to utilize the Wallace Bowl? The Wallace Bowl is a really yeah. unique. I account. would do the morning announcements and afternoon announcements every, there, every day. And I would still do the uh, on this day, the totally useless information. That's a segment I do on this show because of Mr. Miller. Old Dick Miller. Uh, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember, I, I, I still think that's like a, why I got, there was like a pamphlet he would send home and it would be like a trivia question. Oh, yeah. And I would always try and solve the trivia question over the weekend. Right, yeah. Because we would do different like treasure hunts and scavenger hunts that were like all inspired by him and different like uh, riddles for places around the camp. The guy was a, that guy was a, a, a real genius. He was great guy. I mean, he, he would remember everybody's name at that camp, every kid's car, every parent, and then you know be able to like just call out the people as they're coming to pick them up for pickup. And then that's what I would like aspire to do, because that's what Jay Heidecat would also aspire to do. He was a counselor probably when you were there, right? Jay Heidecat. He ended up being the director for like five or six years he was the one before me um but yeah i would always try to like memorize all those parents and things like that that's but, a good thing to remember. yeah no that's smart because that is really the, that's big with the parents too right like, they, they see that yeah i, I love camp but i do remember like there was that pickup line and when mom's chevy blazer rolled in you were like yeah get me get me the hell out of here right that's my mom right over there <laughs> yeah that's always such a great point of the day because it's just like these kids are getting taken away one by one and as it's just like as there's less and less of them it's just like here we go like nice and then you turn you're like Alice Patrol now we're talking right yeah Alice break out that weed my friend there's only two <laughs> kids left and their parents don't show up for another 30 minutes let's go <laughs> yeah let's go to the sailing beach where everyone on that staff smokes throughout the day Fucking sailing, uh, yeah. We out there on that side of the beach, right? Stuff. Yeah, that's a whole nother logistical thing. Could only send twenty four people, but you know, if one of them's a little heavy set, then they, all of a sudden they, you know, they're like, "Oh no, he can't go on," and I got to deal with a call. And you know. Tom those were cool. Like rocking a Hobie cat as yeah, a dude. as a fourth grader was such like, a badass thing to be able to do. And, like, I remember the oldest kids thought they were too cool for it and would rather chill on their phones. I'm like, my friends would never. You're such idiots. But then they'll say that, and, you know, I was a camp counselor because I went to a sleepaway camp. So then I ended up throughout college, you know, going back and being a counselor there. Yeah. I remember the kids always used to be, because it was, like, no phones allowed, the same kind of thing. Be like, well, you know you did this back in the day. And we're like, no. Because phones didn't, like, exist. Right. Like, yeah. It's not like you could just whip out your phone and uh, and look up everybody on Snapchat. Yeah. Like back in our day, even if we had a phone, it was like, oh, yeah, you can call your friend. Yeah. No text, no yeah. nothing on your little flip phone. There'd be no reason to text. It takes forever. They don't understand 
Thank like God how, that just how different it was, how different the, yeah. the fifth grade experience was. Thank God we got to see what that old school growing up was because I don't envy the kids nowadays. It's like, sure, they get everything before us, but it's like, it's too soon. It's too much. They don't understand how like not normal all of that is. Then again, these days, if I'm like walking around the city without my phone, I like feel oh, physically anxious. I'm like, I something bet. is missing from yeah my body i just can only imagine how bad it would be if like i never knew before phones like if i didn't like i think you and i would feel awkward as shit right now just talking face to face over the phone right right it's like phones too are, too intimate that, but that's how we communicated and you also another thing is you had to call up and talk to someone's parent first mm. to to call up be like Hi, hi, Mrs. McWilliams. It's Jack there. But you had to have that formal conversation. That was important. Yeah, right. You had to show your manners and, you know, mm. kind of. Yeah. And if you're going to, if you're not going to be, you know, good right there, maybe they're not going to be so. Exactly. Dead set on setting up a play date for you. Exactly. Damn. Good yeah, call. Yeah, that was how it worked. Wow. You had hot sauce in your locker and you knew how to sweet talk a parent to get a play date. But then also there were some times, remember, where your parent would just set up a play date for you. And it was yeah. almost like it was almost like uh like an arranged marriage kind of thing. You're like, oh fucking Daniel Rothenberg, <laughs> water park before and it was literally right before he moved away. To Rochester, so I, New York. I remember where he moved. I re- yeah, I remember telling <laughs> I remember being with it enough, even at that age, to tell my parents, like, he's about to move. Like, why does it matter if I'm nice to him. Like, he's no longer going to be part of my life. They were like, go, you know, like, go do it. Kids are dicks. Kids can be dicks. It ended up being a good time because we were at a fucking water park and I, yeah. his parents bought me, like, you know, a bunch of food. But, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, no, I remember some bunk play dates and just being upset. And I'm like, Mom, that kid sucks at wide receiver. Dude, wait. You and I were the last two that were awake at Ethan and Austin Lavin's sleepover that one time. Yes, which was also the fucking night that Ron Artest punched that dude. Fun fact. Was it really? It is. It wow. is. That is that why we were so fucking physical that night too? Yeah. I remember yeah. showing up to that and you guys were having like a, just a whip, like toys back and forth at each other fight. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know if I want to be here, but it was like, <laughs> too late and i didn't know everybody well enough to kind of be comfortable enough in saying like oh i'm not comfortable right now right because the that, lavin brothers the lavin brothers came into the social scene swinging they moved in yeah. like fourth grade they were hot and they were they were hot everybody loves twins um remember what ethan lavin's favorite color was he would orange. wear the color every, orange orange yep. orange, orange right. every day absolutely he was the orange kid Fuck. That was his brand. Yeah. Honestly, you know, great knowledge by him to be like, okay, I'm gonna come into this new school, I'm gonna yeah. establish my brand, right? Orange, that way everyone remembers me, and is able to distinguish me from my identical twin. Yeah. 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 Very important. Very then important. later on in life, he did the blonde, the blonde highlight. Right. The the frosted tip kind of thing. Little quaff right there. You know where he's living these days? Cool Rochester. No. No. Kurzgesagt. Okay. <laughs> I bet you didn't see that one coming. Is that a heritage of his? No. I think he just travels the world and like that's where he's he is. If you should follow him on Instagram because he's got it's a wild Instagram because he's like, here I am in the city of like Bishkek 
and yeah. I'm eating clove with these people that I've met, and it's just a really cool lifestyle. Wow. Yeah. All so right. He's kind of orange you know, was his original they, uh, player, even, and now he's got Kyrgyzstan. Even though they didn't, uh, even though they invited me to that early sleepover, I was in early. They didn't invite me to their bar mitzvah, so I uh, uh, I hold a grudge. I think I, I think I got the invite there. Sorry, pal. Yep. No, I know. I felt I remember bringing it up to him at the time, and was a real, real thorn in their side. But you know, part of the reason that I wasn't allowed to go to your awesome Park sleepover is that I was an absolute nightmare at sleepovers. Well, I would never go to bed. Yes, I remember because my whole night was me being anxious and not comfortable enough to fall asleep. But I remember you were just like willing to stay awake, so you and me just ended up. I, I remember people fun. going. I remember people going out one by one. But I think I remember you falling asleep even before me. And I and at that point I was so scared, and I was like, "Oh shit! I'm never gonna. I'm just gonna have to wait." Finally I fell remember, asleep, but it was barely anything. Remember, I remember going to sleep, and it was because remember there was those those uh, what were the pillows called that they had those tiny little beads in them. Right, like those mushy things. Those mushy pillows. He had yeah. one of those. And those were those were top tier pillows. Right. So to have those was really cool. Yeah. Or falling asleep on one of those. What are they? Like, it was something with an ass, like a scrunchy or a squishy. Squishy, squishy pillow. Those were those, cool. Yeah. yeah. We also watched yeah. Three Stooges. There we. I didn't remember that one. I remember that. But yeah, I remember watching Sports Center at like 1 a.m. and it was that <laughs> night of the runner at Just going oh, okay. Damn. So what is that? 2004. It adds up if you look that back in the day. Like, yeah. I have, I have had yeah. the memory in my head and had the point where I'm like, did I make that up or did that actually happen? And look no. back. And That's I, fun. Um. Wow. That was a fun one. Yeah, Ethan, Ethan Lavin was a nutcase. I can't Who's your really... fourth grade teacher? Floxbart. Okay, because and her daughter and, and her daughter is in uh, the third grade class, not the third grade class that I work with, but she's a third grader at Ramona. Okay, are you know are you working in a specific classroom or do you, yeah. are you have us? Are you working? So I'm, like a, I'm, a, a, I'm a special ed pair pro and I okay. work, I'm like assigned to one classroom. It's a third grade classroom. There's three different kids in there. Two of them have like behavioral and anxiety issues and one of them has autism. Okay. And then there's one other pair pro that like splits those three with me. And uh, yeah. And then there's like the classroom teacher, 24 kids, other specialist teachers that'll stop in or those kids will go out to them for parts of the day. But that's our home base, and I'm kind of like their supervisor type of. No doubt. Yeah, yeah I remember my third grade, I, like the assistant teacher in the class. I remember it. Yeah, I couldn't pronounce her last name. It was like Heitz Heitzinger. Heitzinger was she was she. Do you was remember her? She She's still at McKenzie, and I now have like seen her at like trainings, and I'm just wow. like, oh my god, like which one of us feels older? Is, so do you, you know, right do now? you go up to her and you're like, yeah, I remember no i did be, because i also remember like kenny levine um would always he would get to like go shoot around sometimes and he picked me a couple times to go shoot with him for like his break and mrs heitzinger and i, I would always you know i always liked her for that and then she lived like a block away from me 
And I remember one time it was me, Kenny, I think Harley Friesen, and maybe one more person. And we went to the pancake house. Um, Cause it was like, her. you bid on those things. Right. It'd be like a, like a silent auction, like have breakfast yeah. and icing. Right. Yeah. And I have a photo of that. So I just always remember like, th- remember her being super cool. So when I saw her, I was like, Hey, I guess you kind of, you know, were an example. And I, Fell into I used it. to pay money to eat with you, and now they're paying both of us. <laughs> or actually, my parents. My parents would put I've, I've really come up, together. huh? Yeah. Right. At the silent auction. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Kenny Kenny was a bad boy back in the day. I remember he would he was the first one to get into hip hop rap music. Really? It was really a, a lexicon for me growing up in swear words. Yeah, I bet. What was what was he getting into back early in the day? You know, words like fuck and shit, stuff like that. You know. <laughs> yeah, I meant rappers. I meant no, the artists. I, I mean, he was a big <laughs> guy. <laughs> he really loved you fuck. Know, I mean, the classic pop two K holiday. I remember him singing on the swings like, "We're chilling at the Holiday Inn," <laughs> and we learned some words. Yeah, yeah. I remember my first like rap. My brother listened to some, and he was five years older, but I wasn't really listening to it yet, but it was Jurassic 5, me and Joseph O'Brien, Quality Control. Yeah. Hey, yo, my quality Dude, control O'Brien. captivates your party patrol, your mind, body, and soul. Yeah. Nothing like learning swears with your boys, am I right? Right, yeah, just being like, oh, we're going to say these all of the time. So, like, now you're saying kids are just looking up just completely explicit things on the internet. Yeah, Until, like we dude, learned the word shit and it was like some of it is like probably they're just looking it up but others it's like it's just a minefield out there my kid will be on youtube watching finding nemo clips and then somebody will edit in themselves swearing for the audio instead of the actual audio and then even worse than that sometimes they wait until like a minute or so into the video to do it. So they're like purposely tricking people into watching a clip, thinking it's real, and then just like, fucking shit, bitch. And it's like, you don't, you don't do I have to realize. sit next to him the whole time and listen to every word? Well, I remember there was one of those with Aladdin dubbed over. That one still is yeah, I remember a that. classic one. It's a classic yeah. uh, 2000s YouTube video right there. Yeah. Guys yeah. The like, y'all want some crack? And we were like, right. I know what crack is. There is no denying, though, that when we were younger and the internet was just coming to form, you could find some more messed up. Sh- like there wasn't a black it, black market internet yet; it was just all out there. So I remember um, finding some things just kind of through a grapevine that was disturbing. Well, we didn't have the hands-on, at your fingertips access twenty-four-seven like kids do these days. I feel like right. So it was more of an event when you got when you got on right. had to make. Make your time worth it. Make your time worth it for sure. But learning, learning the swears, that was, was like, yo, Paul Zanatopoulos, he doesn't even know the B word yet, you know? Yeah, he might be fast, but can he say bitch? <laughs> 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 LOL. Then I also remember, like, it was, yeah, part of being fast is like those dramatic games of tap. On the play, tag. back and forth, all over the place. 
I remember that being, I remember playing tag much more in fifth and sixth grade with Joseph, Charlie Mallory, and Robert Lees. Where was your spot in a, on the high crest playground? Because that was kind of more like people just hung out in different areas. Yeah, I don't know if we ever had an exact spot, but I think we played tag a lot on the actual um, playground and then a lot of um, four square on the blacktop. I four think that's I think well, that's what I did most of the time. Days, or is that obsolete? Yeah. Nope, four square is huge. That's good. Four square is still huge. Like ridiculous rules. Yep. Yep. You just add IES to the end of anything, and it just right. no double touchies or right. Yeah, and like the Pepsi and different, like you know, like no overhand serves or something like that. But you have to say like no overhand servesies. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Like okay, yeah. sounds good. Good call. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. The toilet is last. Got yeah. I mean that's that's how you. Oh, that kid. I mean he's. He's just in the toilet, but then you have your yeah. fucking king. Right. It is funny how kids still just emulate the exact same things, and you wonder, like, how it gets totally passed down, but it just that's does. Folk. I mean, that's folk right there. Foursquare is one of the – it's a pinnacle of folk in suburban recess culture. Like, dude, this one kid, and this was something that I got, I got kind of embarrassed with in college – Somebody said, can you turn this into um, the number six? Do you know what this is? Are you about to blow my mind? I think. So they're like, turn that into six. So I X, so Roman numeral four or nine, right? Right. And then how are you going to, oh, then are, how are you going to turn it into six, Jack? <laughs> you should. Hey, when all this is over, that's a good stand-up bit right there. Yeah, I mean that's good prop comedy. Kind of but, some Dimitri Martin, kind of like you break out the the yeah. whiteboard. But when I was in college, I was just eating at a uh, dorm hall, and this guy came up to me, was just like. I'll give you two bucks if you can figure this out. And I was like, well, I'm not going to give you any money. He's just like, nope, I'm just going to give you $2. And I just sat over that for like five minutes, unable to figure out. And I was like trying to like pull and like make a shape and like try and like turn it into the actual number, you know, the shape six or a Roman numeral. And like, he's like, no, you can't add Roman numerals. He's like, you can only, he's like, you can only do one stroke. You can't pick up the pen. Fuck. So I'm just sitting there for the whole time. And then he ends up just like doing it to a guy that was like sitting three chairs down from me who wasn't, I didn't know him. And the guy just ended up kind of joining over and looking at it. And he's just like, said two bucks for whoever figures out. He's like, yeah. He's like, does the yes, does it. And he's like, oh shit. Guy gives him two bucks. And he's like, oh, cool. And then that was two it. Bucks. Like, that was, yeah. And I was like, fuck me, dude. I look like such an idiot. The inflationary so, two bucks, two bucks in in McKenzie Cheetah dollars, or you know, in that in that time and place, is like a hundred bucks now. That was a big deal, dude. That was so that was sophomore year of college. Oh, yeah, yeah, still a big deal. So that's like, that's, that's, that's like why I'm saying bucks. I'm so embarrassed. But then a third grader in my class does it to me this year and is like, "Mr. McWilliams, Mr. McWilliams, like, can you make the like?" And I saw her like setting it up. And I was just like, oh, I'm about to fucking demolish this. 
absolutely showed up. But you were really cool. Remember that S that everyone would draw? Oh, I yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, like kind of know, bubble, like, bubble uh, letters. It was, yeah, it was kind of like a bubble letter. But it was and then S. they'd fill the inside of it, you know, the different yeah. sides and do designs. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So like anyone, if your name was like Scott, you would just like sign your name with like That's that C-O-T-T. Yeah. Yeah, that was never huge for me. I guess McWilliams, if I really wanted to go for it. Never an artist. No. No. Um, Ben, what what was one of your memories from the Wilmette Rebels? Because I remember um, I was rooming with Ryan, um, and there was just one memory I have of us three in the dorms and another in another team's dorm, and they were, like, playing music. And they were clearly cooler than us, but we were kind of taking the comedy route of like dancing with them. They wanted to dance cool, but we were dancing weird. And they were like, kind of not about it. They were like, no, nah, come on, guys. Like, actually dance. We're like, yeah. I mean, so many memories from that trip. I guess I, we should provide a little bit of explanation to like what the Wilmette Rebels were. Because it was call. so ridiculous in itself. It's a good call. Do you want to take it or should I? Um, you want it? You want it? Well, so seventh grade, I think, too, speaking of seventh sixth grade. grade. It was a summer in between sixth and seventh. Got it. Going into seventh grade. Um, Will Met had three different travel baseball teams. <laughs> <laughs> and a hodgepodge group of us kids didn't make any of the three teams. We were free agents, so to speak. Yes. And this is the famous year where the three teams would go to a tournament in Cooperstown, New York. And so this is like the big year to make it um, because it's the only time that we would go to Cooperstown, which is the uh, home of the Baseball Hall of Fame as well. And so we just decided to make our own fourth team with... Because in Wilmette, you can do that. Yeah, because in Wilmette, we could just... We just... We're like, yeah, I, what's holding us back? Money? It's like, nope. Well, that's fine. So all our parents came together and just like probably funded it ourselves, I guess. Made all those jerseys yeah, no, and things. It was, it was completely organic. It was more like, okay, so my kid, he wasn't good enough to make yeah. the first team or was the that, second team yeah, or was, the third team. Yeah. But if you give us $1,000, we'll give him a chance to, to play. Right. So actually, while I was back, I found Coach Watson. We, we mentioned Sam Watson earlier. Yeah. Coach Watson was one of the, was the head honcho. And he sent us home with a packet. And it's got all the box scores of all the games. Really? So I can tell you exactly how you batted. I was one for 10. Wow. Okay. With sure. Walk. With the walk. Um, but right. we played like a D team. We yeah. played like we were not the right. best in the best three teams from our town. We didn't win a game while we were there. Nope. I, uh, I don't know if I was the first pitcher we had or if it was just my first pitch um but i do remember throwing the ball behind the batter of that puerto rican team that ended up winning the whole thing we played them first right the pico um, boys from yeah, california that's right they were fucking studs they were, they were awesome yeah so, that was their well, a team they were absolutely they were like the regional a team versus yeah. us who were the fourth best team from wilmette Illinois. right um and, like, I remember – so they had one game while you were there they would film. Okay. And put on a DVD. Yeah. 
So our filmed game was against the Pico Boys. Was it really? So from my Southern California. So my throw has to be on tape then. Jeez. It's on tape. Now let me tell you, you, me, and Ryan got to sit down and watch this thing together. Because yeah. Ryan and I, you know, we were always, you know, friends, but we never really, like, hung out. We hadn't seen each other since high school. Yep. So when we started law school together, one of the first things that we did was pull out the Wilmot Rebels DVD and watch it. No and way. boy, does it hold up. <laughs> so wait, do you see me throw the pitch behind the person? Do you remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you were on the mound. I, I can't yeah. remember if you were the starter, but you definitely had an inning. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like it was just at least my first pitch of me being like, of everybody just being like, yeah, Jack, there, here we go, guys. Just, right. like, remember, quick, this was the just kid, a quick, the kid oh. throw the softball farther than anyone. Fourth yeah. grade, throw the softball farther than anyone. Yeah. Sixth grade. Well, I apparently had the power. I just didn't have the accuracy. True. I settled true. in, though, and I think I only let up, like, a run, or maybe I didn't let up any runs, and that, like. You let up a lot of runs. Everyone, we got smacked. It was, like, 13-0. Oh, okay. All right. We got, we got smacked. Yeah. So the best part is, I mean, I, I remember your pants were, like, Probably three inches above your belly button. <laughs> well, I was a heavy set guy, so I think that was like my way of like trying to hide it or something like that. Because I think yeah, I like got, pulled it above. Up. I got a, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you can find it in the, uh, the deep I also, tracks of your house somewhere. Or something. Well, I remember seeing action shots of me sliding, but it really, I think, is just me running into whatever catcher the people on the opposing team had. Um, and it just goes, it's just like, you can see how heavy and slow I am in these photos. One of the best parts of the video is, remember, remember in Little League, I feel like this is a universal truth of anyone who ever played Little League ever. Um, if a pitcher was just getting rocked on the mound, they would just start crying. <laughs> <laughs> like if some dude just couldn't yeah. throw it, it would just melt down. Like anyone yeah. would just... You just couldn't find the strike zone, sure. and then you would just start bawling, and yeah. someone could come out and try and cheer you up, replace you. Yeah. Um, but another one in a class, we talked about how Sam Watson would sometimes, you know, have a quote-unquote yeah. injury. Sure. But there was another Wilmot Rebel on that team who was just a classic member of, you know, of that community. Who? Oh. Uh, Jeremy Greenberger. Oh, my God, yes. He was the even more annoying one because – Sam Watson was like really nice and you felt bad and you're like, well, maybe because he is kind of frail, you know. Jeremy Greenberg was like, dude, oh, that's right. Well, Jeremy, so the best part is like normally when that stuff would happen, like when you're collapsing on the mound, you can't find the strike zone, the Pico boys are just <laughs> grilling them off of you. You can just like fake an injury and then like yeah. nobody can really question it. Right. But in this instance, the game was filmed. So you can literally see how like – the guy just, like, hits a double off him, two-run score. Guy comes home. There's, like, a play at the plate. <laughs> and Jeremy Greenberger, like, is standing there. And then you can see he just is emotionally, like, jumps <laughs> off that cliff and then just, like, yeah. starts pretending that his ankle hurts. And you can just see that moment, like, in his head where he materializes, like, okay, I can just fake an injury. It's the funniest thing to watch. That's so fucking funny. But then um. – Maybe the best is at the start of the game. They uh, they kind of went around and they would ask you like, okay, who's your favorite player? Okay. And like have interviews with every player. So oh yeah, I remember that. You get yeah. to hear your sixth grade shrill right. voice self. Yeah. Just completely unaware of the shellacking you're about to take from the Pico Boys. The Pico Boys, 
and then another thing we did is we looked up part of their Ryan and I looked up some of their best players, and one of them like played minor league ball. Wow. They ended up uh Pico boys ended up uh doing pretty well for themselves. Yeah, I do remember this like really tall, big Puerto Rican guy that like already I think was like had a mustache coming in. Yes, and, and just being like in glasses. Yeah. You remember yeah. that? Yes, okay, that's the guy. You, I, it's funny. So you remember that kid, you need to watch this DVD, and then you'd be like, that's him. Yep. That yep. is him right there. Right. Yeah. And they were all business. They were all class. They were like, they didn't, they weren't cocky about it in any no. way. They just like. I remember a team that was in all black. That was like a bunch of white kids. That was probably like the second best team. They were real dicks. But the then I think Stanley they. Park, right. Know? But then they played the Pico boys and no, oh, you know, got a little too humble. high for your britches there. Against the Pico boys. Yeah. The Pico boys. They showed them a lesson. I remember we would eat at Sparrow every single day. <laughs> yeah, because there was a shitty f- – we were at some, like, really, uh, you know, minor Sunny college. Oneonta. We were at yeah. Sony Oneonta. Yeah. And they had a – the best thing they had at their food court was Sabaro. Like, because <laughs> I remember, like, even, like, our families were like, all right, I guess it's Sabaro. <laughs> Pizza again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they got an Alfredo out today. <laughs> No, this time it's different. This time I'm having sausage, not pepperoni. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not getting a breadstick this time. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, we ate at Sparrow for seven days straight and got whooped every single day. Yep. Yeah. I remember um, having to take a shower down the hallway, and I forget if somebody pulled on my towel or my towel just ended up falling because I was, like, trying to hold a bunch of stuff and just – Everything, like, here's my penis, and it's just like you know, it's just, right, I'm picturing, yeah. I'm picturing here's, your sixth to seventh grade. <laughs> here's my giant seventh grade hog, it's just dangling. It's a protuberance. No, but like, um, you know, my towel was like covering everything, and then just like, like that, and it's just barely. Here's the image. It's just barely covering it, and like everybody was in the hallway. And I was just like, ass against the the wall, like so embarrassed. I'm like, I don't know what, what to do here. That was a big deal back in the day. That was tough. If a lot of laughs. Fall, that was no good. A lot of laughs were happening at my expense. One thing that I think is a true testament to how terrible we were. Do you remember that we were really mean to one of the kids on the team? Oh, fuck, no. Do you remember Alex Armstrong? Oh, man. We would always. Well, he and I were catching rivals, and he. Oh, oh that's tough. I could see why you have incentive, but even though all of us were on the fourth do-it-yourself travel baseball team, we were all in the A league of Wilmette baseball, except right. for Alex Armstrong. He was a B leaguer, and we always just referred to him as B leaguer. Um, incredibly rude, and like so. so mean. So Again, what we, we said this earlier, there's nothing more purely evil yeah. than a seventh grade suburban boy. And here's all these seventh grade suburban boys who were in the A-League, all thought we were better than we were, and were it, we were kind of uh, sensitive to the fact that we're on this shitty fourth travel team, but here's this one guy that we can all kind of say like, well, at least we're not a B-leaguer. And then he, and then we we sent him off. There was we weren't going to let him go to New Trier with us. And he were oh that's that's a Loyola kid. Yeah, he was on he was on path. He was actually Jewish. 
Um, and then a quick change after the Wilmette Rebels. Interesting. No, not really. I was going to say Alex Armstrong. <laughs> I didn't see that. Uh, see, that would have been a plot. Yeah. One of those classic uh, Loyola Jews. I, I, that should have made sense to me. Why right. did I not? All right. I, I, I'm an idiot. Yeah. He had that long flow. But I remember his dad was one of the coaches, and he got right. significantly more catching innings than me, and I mm. was a little bit pissed off about that. Yeah, yeah, especially against a B-leaguer. The guy couldn't throw anyone out at second. Yeah. Nonetheless, stop. So, I mean, I think – he was catching you and your uh, when you were pitching. And no wonder I felt so uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. And Just he's because... a signal caller. If he had called the right pitches, yep. Pico boys wouldn't have stood a chance. Yeah. That's on him. But, yeah, no, the Pico boys just absolutely dominated us. Yeah. And we have the tape to prove it. Let's do a live watch party of that. Like a twist train. That would be fun as shit, honestly. That would be fun, Yeah. Get Ryan in here and just watch yeah. the game and just do open commentary. Right. Get, I mean, we could get a bunch of those people in. I mean, we got Kenny, Brennan Hill. Was Kenny on that Drake team? Larmore. Kenny was on that team. Brennan Hill was on that team? Yeah. Yeah. James LeClerc, Sam Watson. Will Kaufman. Will Kaufman was on the team, no doubt. Who else? I don't Is know. that everybody? Oh, there can't were like 14 be. of them. There were way too yeah, many. Yeah, can't be. Because there were, if you looked at the box scores, we would like sometimes like you'd have one at bat. You'd be like, okay, I struck out swing, and that was my at bat, and we sure. lost 18-0. Right, because it was this thing where it was like we felt it was the team full of kids that needed to be included, and it was like, well, a lot of kids didn't make it. Yeah, we were the unwanted. Tra- and I also remember that like the announcer kind of mentions that in like his broadcast, like it's almost like as if it's going to be some like Hoosier story, like you know. Yeah. These kids, nobody believed in them, yeah. but they said, "We don't care about that. Like we're still, we still <laughs> want to play because we love baseball." And it was right. like, gonna be the dramatic story yeah. how we come winning Cooperstown. Right. Nope. And then there was just a reason like, we were not selected. Yeah. Nice heartwarming story about Wilmette's D team, and then it's like, and here come the Pico boys. But there was also like the Pico boys. It was like Pico boys have been working odd jobs for three years to try and save enough money to come here. <laughs> and we were just like, Mom, are, Dad, I want to play yeah. baseball too. Yeah. For them, they had to be absolute studs that represent they like the whole On the field and yeah. off the field. And they made it here. And we just were like, Mom. Yeah. We didn't make the team. <laughs> Can you spend a few thousand dollars and then buy tickets? New York. I want to go play. Unbelievable. Yeah, we're not even going to put up a fucking fight. And then we we traded pins with each team, so we'd have a a different. Oh, like everyone had, an right. like yeah, everyone yeah, had yeah. a team pin, and then you would go and trade with people on the other teams. I remember that my family just still has too many of those Wilmette Rebel pins, where it's like the baseball face. The made-up logo. I think, right. Well, I also remember there was a team that was a year old. There was, like, also a 7th to 8th grade team or something like that. Uh And they were called the Wilmette Wise Guys. The Wilmette Wise Guys? They were called the Wilmette Wise Guys, which is a crazy name to name your Little League team because it's literally, like, it was just gamblers. Like, like a wise guy, like a degenerate gambler. And their logo was, like, a guy with, like, shades on. It was, like, that's hilarious. what's going on here? They didn't make the team because they got caught Pete Rose style. So they got caught Pete Rose style. But we were the rebels because we were like, we don't give a shit about <laughs> yeah. your A team, your B team, your C team. Like 
Yeah. We we're don't gonna, we don't abide by your fucking classic teams. We rebel yeah, against Jordan it by, by choice. Yeah. Yeah, we made it seem like it was a choice. We're rebelling yeah. as opposed we to rebels. just like we uh you know, backup the, the Wilmet backup plans. The, the woman backup plans would have been a much more appropriate name. For yeah, us. would have been much more on the nose. Yeah, but it was this crazy like underdog story that just never played out. We yeah. were just straight up bad. It would Didn't be win one game the whole time we were there. It would be perfect if I was the first pitcher, so that that first pitch is just like. And here's his Wilmette under underdog story. First you pitch. Been. I think I, I think like, you were. Okay. You might I, have been the first pitcher. Yeah, I don't remember the context of it. I just remember the exact sound of everybody so hyped up and all this kind of excitement and even me kind of feeling a little bit confident and then throwing it behind this guy and just hearing the oh and i'm like oh no and just lost it oh you can see it in all of our faces there was like some hope we were like this is so cool yeah one of our games is going to be on tv like that's (laughs) awesome right and we quickly realized that there may have been a reason why we were not on the first three teams. Yep. <sighs> yeah. You, I remember, I also remember the, one of the biggest songs out of that time. What was that? I remember the artist was Hurricane Chris. Okay. What was the song? Uh, what was the, I like the hurricane. Hurricane Chris, but it, what was this? I'm going to look this up. Because that's got it. He was a one-hit wonder back in the day. You're going to remember it as soon as I find the... Uh... Oh, well, Hurricane Chris does sound familiar. Oh, a Bay. Uh, <laughs> that actually <laughs> probably was like the song that uh, those kids were dancing to. Like, a Bay, a Bay, a Bay, Because I just remember these kind of like... They just had like a swagger about them like in seventh grade that I remember being like, oh... Okay, like these are probably cooler guys from their town, and right. then me, me and you were just like kind of like hitting our butts, dancing, like doing oh, yeah. stuff. Hey, and they're like, dude, no, nah, like, yeah, there was a point in our lives where we were just vibing, mm. listening to A Bay Bay in the SUNY Oneonta dorms. Yeah, A Bay Bay, A Bay Bay. That was probably the coolest thing that ever happened at that college. Yeah, that Matt Sabaro, the day that that Sabaro got put in. Borrow every day for a week. That wasn't our Wheaties. That was not our uh, Yeah, Yeah, maybe other fucking teams did not eat at that Sabaro, and that was part of it. Kenny probably enjoyed the Alfredo. Yes. Slowed him down. His his home to first time probably wasn't the best. I remember one time I... uh, I hit the ball, I think, at Romer or something, like to the fence. But uh, I got thrown out at second. Like, that's, I was just like, so, like, it was like, or, and that, or like, that did happen. But then another time I hit it also out to the fence there at another park and I just kept the single and was just like, nah. And everybody just being like, that's the longest single I have ever seen. Yeah. I mean, you were the, you could throw the fat softball the farthest, but I, I don't remember you being the fastest. No, no. And it quickly dwindled. Did you ever hit a rumor homer? No, dude. I did no, not. did I. Yep. I dream. Yep. And there was no way I was ever going to hit a fucking home run at uh, Fornwood based off my speed. 
Right. Cause that was that. Yeah. You had to be, yeah. You had to hit a gap and then run quick to, yeah. to get a home run there. Right. But Romer, I always wanted that Romer home run. Never came. I know. I hit the fence twice. I had I had wooden bat day. I remember I had a screamer off Grant Stern, but warning track fly ball. That was as far as I could hit it. Nice. Yeah. If I were about to say Grant Amick, and that would have been Grant Stern though could throw it, but Grant Amick was the classic like huge sixth grader that stayed that size. So and... I remember I was it was uh I was on Saxy Builders in sixth grade with Connor Brown, uh, and I anchoring most of the catching duties. Was that a yellow and white team, the Builders? No, no, no. We were blue and white. Oh, okay. Saxy Builders, S A C H S E, but we, you know, we always called ourselves Sexy Builders. Nice. Uh, good, good sixth grade humor right there. Yeah. Um, but I remember we were so thankful. Brown and I were so thankful, but looking back on it, probably like the douchiest move ever. Amick was like the biggest and the strongest, thus automatically cool. Yep. And could throw the ball the fastest. Right. Um, so it was like intimidating to catch him. So yep. we bought like a special gel pad that we could put as an insert into our catcher's net nice. so that we could catch his fastballs. I like it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we were like, oh, thank God. If I'm yeah. going to catch Amick, I, I got to have my extra pad. <laughs> yeah. For his 65 mile an hour heater or whatever. Right. Yeah. I remember he would throw 60 plus like way before anybody, but he had no control over that thing. So it was like you had to be worried. Yeah. You were scared up in the batter spots. Yeah. And he worried. used that, that to his was, advantage. That was going to leave, leave a bruise. Yep. One time I literally went to catch the ball. That's how bad my reflexes ended up getting just like athletically. Like, I couldn't slide. I couldn't fucking steal. And then if the ball was coming at me, I would like turn towards it. Was like my, or one time I just literally went like this. But all you got to do is turn your fucking side to it. I could never, I could you never do it in the tough. moment. Yeah, I could never it, do it I mean, in the moment. It takes one Grant Amick fastball to the bicep for that to be in your head every single time you walk in the back. Right. Yeah, much rather just fucking palm it. He was a, he was an unintentional source of many many fears for many little leaguers out there in Wilmette. And then he ended up being a college kicker. There you go, a Stetson yeah. Hatter, right? Yeah. So and you know, I, they, you know, they don't turn out like you. I mean, they're just it's all different than you think it would be. I remember asking him about that like freshman year of college or something, or maybe it was even senior year of high school, and he was just like, couldn't be more ashamed that he was about to go be a kicker. And I remember he was like a. He was, like, he was like a five-star kicker or something crazy. Like, it well, was like... I could kick it. He, I mean, no he was getting, like, a scholarship, I know, at least. And, you know, he was just like, fucking kickers aren't football players. I'm like, you're a kicker. He's like, yeah, no, I can't be... I'm, like, so sad about it. I'm like, all right. I mean, because it goes, it goes back to, again, our conversation of, like, if you were, like, the biggest, fastest, strongest, it mattered back then. Right, and there was a point where Grant Amick was just undisputedly like the biggest and strongest, yeah, high crest middle schooler. That was I uh, probably the biggest reason why I ended up quitting football, or one of them. First was that I was too heavy to carry the ball; they wouldn't let you carry the ball mm. above a certain weight at that age. So I had to be on offensive and defensive line, um, and. It was only me, Grant Amick, and Kevin Keen and Colin Sloan that were like the biggest. 
but it always felt like I would get put up against Grand Amic in those pancake drills or like different, you know, those little battle things where you just go and like try and tackle the other guy. And it's not a guy I'd want to be lining up against in sixth grade. Okay. Yeah, and it was like we were probably both 200-plus pounds, but his was just straight. He's been through puberty already, and me, <laughs> I'm just eating I'm just a lot of fast way. food. I've just been eating a lot of, you know, Captain Crunch. Right. Like, I technically am taller than him by, like, an inch, but – well, I wasn't allowed no. to play football because I feel like my parents would, and rightfully so, were worried that I would just get squashed like a fly. Yeah, we warmed up with Austin Powers. I know. Well, yeah. that was good. I mean, I'm glad they didn't let me play football because I would have gotten – pancake drills wouldn't have been fun for Ben Green. Yeah, no. It's – yeah, I'm glad that I stopped playing football. I don't – I would have ended up just kind of my trajectory would have been offensive or defensive line and – I don't want to go down that path. I remember the point in time in like third grade being like, this guy's going to be in the NFL. Like he's going to be the next. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I remember we would play like, because you were a big Patriots fan, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you would play Tim Tom Brady. And then the, the other, and I don't even remember like who was the second, maybe Elliot Wesrick. Be like, okay, that you're Jake Because he was the opposing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah, there's a but kid. I remember my, in my in Mackenzie Cheetah head being like, yeah, this kid's going to grow up and be in the NFL someday. Right. He's the best. Right. Because yeah, he, he's the no greatest of all time. Yeah. Right. There's this one kid who's clearly the best at Ramona. And I remember even one of the other paras who's like this old woman who's been there like 20 plus years. She's like, yeah, he's going to be in the league. I was like, yeah, I thought that about myself too, but ended up, you know, not having really anything to do with actually being in the league and she was just like yeah that's funny but he's actually going to be and i was like oh okay so it's just that i was a piece of shit no you don't understand ma'am i ended up a wilmette rebel <laughs> yeah you don't understand ma'am i'm sitting next to you right now telling you that he's not going to be in the nfl because i'm not in the nfl she's like yeah but i think he's actually good yeah and did you see yeah, him yeah. grab that ball over the second grader i mean there's there's no I just thought, like, yeah, no, that's – you are the best, and therefore you're going to make millions of dollars off of this craft. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Little did I know that I had no, like, competitive drive. Uh, like, I just didn't have that, like, will to uh, do anything with the natural gifts I was given. Well, also there's more than, like, 60 kids in the United States of America. Yes, I would have. I would have never been – a top tier athlete, no matter how hard I worked, but I would have been on Nutrier's football team if I like just kept with it because I ended up being really tall and they had no linemen. Coach Davis, you remember that guy? Oh yeah. He put me on the team sophomore year or junior year, one of them. Cause over the summer I was working out in this, uh, in that, not the cage, but remember that like one kind of new lifting room they had um, next to the smaller, like those two smaller gyms? Yeah, it was like hidden. Right. It's it like wasn't a really hidden. big gym, then you go up a level and then through right. a couple doors. On there. the second floor. Yes, right. You're the stage gym. Yes, right. Um, I One summer when I like lost a lot of weight, I was working out at that thing, it was me and Evan Rostein and the football players would like always come to it after their practice. And Davis was the guy who led the thing. And he was like, you know, 
we could use a big guy like you on the line. And I was like, yep, I quit football in sixth grade because I hated the line. I'm not going to like it now. He's like, all right, well, just, you know, think about it. I'm like, thought about it. Not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, couldn't have been more clear. And even back then, I wasn't even like confident in myself to say no to things. But I was like, yep, no, not going to do yeah, it. Not a chance. He put me on the roster. And I remember showing up like one of the first days of school that year. And I get a call like from the advisor says I has to go to the, the advisor chair. And he was like, hey, like, you got to show up to football practice and you haven't paid any of your, your money for it. Like, what do you do? Like, what's going on here? If you don't do this soon, you're not going to be on the team. I'm like, I'm not on the team. Like <laughs> I told Davis, I don't want to be on it. He was like, Oh, and I remember even then seeing that look in his eyes of like, that shouldn't have happened. You know, he shouldn't have put you on the team. That's not right. And let's just go ahead and act like this meeting didn't happen. But you, yeah, you don't know. How to, you're just, you're just, and then okay, and on your way, on your, on yeah. your little high school life, go yeah. back. To the, right. And I was just like, all right, wait. So I'm not in trouble. He's like, no, no, no. You're good. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. I was like, cool. All right. Nice. Just happy to get out of there. Well, let's just say Coach Davis wasn't scouting me in any way. I wasn't. I was not accidentally on any football round. <laughs> yeah. Right. He didn't just see a a large dude and think like we don't have any fucking linemen because nobody wants to be on the line but they were insane they would work out all the time and there was that like that cage gym but remember yeah remember at northfield mm -hmm. it, there was like <laughs> there was that area of the school that that everyone referred to as the cage right for for kids who like had right. behavioral issues and stuff <clears> like that right. how terrible was it that like that was what we called that place how damaging Right, that language. Yeah, I I feel like they had like some like type of cage door that they had to walk through though, or something, or like oh, it totally was. They had their own a, building it was that part. it was on like the top floor of the right. building or eight. Yeah. I don't even know what the buildings were called. Right. Yeah. But we'd be like, oh yeah, she's such an idiot. She she had to go to the cage. Like <laughs> what a terrible. And then. Literally the next year, the cage is now just where the jocks work out. Right. Right. Quick it, change that there. That was a literal cage. That was a literal. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. But the cage, I mean, it was just, oh, yeah. It was like, if you need special instruction, then right. you're in this place called the cage. Yeah. I remember my brother had to go there for like one semester or something like that. And so by the time I got there, I already like knew about it and didn't think much of it and then I, re I remember some kids being like oh the cage I was like oh like that's right that's not good they're like yeah dude you don't want to be in the cage yeah it was a it, we, we were told I mean we just kind of had this idea that it was a scary place but it was really just um like supplemental learning <laughs> See, they had, they, yeah and they had like a screened in door or something like that yeah. that we were just like oh my god they can't get out <laughs> they can't get out <laughs> yeah well, I've actually never been allowed in that building, so I assume nobody is, and it's just like a, a jail. Yeah, that was that was that was no bueno to end up in the cage, or so we thought. Right. We just thought that it was like, oh, if you're a bad kid, you'll end up there. Uh, it's such terrible. Yeah, I was talking to who was I saying it with Taylor Alarcon about um, my quick change freshman year from being anti-drug to like just smoking uh evan rothstein was starting to hang out with patrick walsh and oscar vatra freshman year and smoke weed 
and me, Joseph, and Grant Pollock made Evan squash his joint with his feet because we said it's either the the drugs or us. And then, <laughs> how much would you pay for just like a recorded <laughs> yeah, video? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, I remember it very vividly, um, and because <laughs> this was just like a very tough moment, and uh, he did it. And then I remember Joseph and Grant were gone and it was just me and Evan and he was kind of leveling with me being like, dude, like, it's not that bad. And I was like, yeah, I know. But like, we're just kind of worried about you hanging out with those guys, I think more than the actual drugs. And, you know, we've never done it. So we were a little scared. And he was like, well, you know, I, I would do it with you guys, but you don't do it. So that's, those are the only people that are doing it. And I want to keep doing it. I was like, oh, all right. It's like, rest was history. And then he just goes like, I mean, do you want to try it? And I was like, all right literally an hour after having a step on it. And then I remember we went and snuck into Will Kaufman's garage and smoked a joint with a kitchen lighter. And those contraptions, I mean, you'll never get back. Like that's another thing kids these days don't understand. Uh, Just how dang it got. I mean, it was like, okay, you take your mechanical pencil, you empty it out. You stick that into a Gatorade bottle, you get some duct tape and you got to feel, I mean, (laughs) what's it's perfect. Yeah. Um, but Joseph came to Vopman Park while we were just like laying in the grass pretty high. And I remember him fucking with us and throwing wood chips in my face. And that being the moment where I was like, yeah, that kind of, that guy's pretty lame. (laughs) Whereas an hour ago I was right there with him (laughs) saying stomp on the joint. But now I'm like, hi. And I'm like, dude, this kid's a fucking narc. Like what's going on? (laughs) So quick, quick change there. Well, I remember, I remember, it's funny you say Vaughn Park, like, because I remember our strategy back in the day, which is just the worst strategy thinking back on, was if you go into a large field, yeah, you'll be able to see everything around you. Yeah. So we would just circle yeah. up, take out our Gatorade bottle. Yeah. In the middle of this big, I remember a big one would be like between like Wilmette Junior High School and Highcrest. Right. That like, look, be- we can see everything around yeah. us. But right. like not even conceptualizing, like okay, every one of these people, <laughs> yes, can feel like, right. yeah. Hey, look at these kids just, just huddled <laughs> in a, a circle here. Yeah, yeah. And I'm saying kids because we were children. I mean, really. Right. Yeah. I mean, that one is <laughs> funny story about the back of those uh, high crest and junior high ones. Evan and I again were smoking. Um. I don't know if we were smoking and then going into a party at Katie Marucci's or if we were just like, right on there, right on there. So we parked in Highcrest's lot and started walking towards her backyard with like bulls out and we're putting them away. And right as we're doing it, her dad is walking out the back with the dog and he was like, Hey, are you guys going to this house? And Evan immediately so smart. is like, Nope, we're just walking. But I was just like, yeah, we're going in. Hey, Mr. Rucci. So he's like, hold on. Well, let me see what you got then. And <laughs> Evan just starts going, no, no. And he's looking around like this. And then he just starts sprinting and I start sprinting. Oh, also because he had a dog and he threatened to be like, he was just like, oh, he's just like, hold on, girl. Like you, you want to catch him? And we were like, holy shit. And then well, we just also, sprint I mean, away. The false conception we had that like, oh, no, you can't just, we just reeked and just had no yeah. idea. Right. We yeah. just like walked back to our friend's house. like. But Evan was so smart of like, just say we're not walking here. There's a giant party. We'll come back in five minutes and it'll be fine. And I'm like, yep, we're heading in. 
<laughs> Should, Why are you entering my house? Yeah, you're not concerned about that for any reason, are you? Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Our brains. Yeah, there's good memory lane. Good memory lane. Well, yeah, I no, that been... was that was right across. You probably could have looked down in the field. We would have been there. Yeah, right. Fifty yards well, across. What was funny is we ended up sprinting away, and we walked by another group. I think Grant Amick was in that group. Um, and he just goes like Jack Mac, and I just go, I wasn't here. And then Mr. Marucci is like fifty feet behind me, and he goes like, Did you see a guy running this way? And they're like, Oh, nope. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. And I remember running him to at the party later that night, and then being like, Dude, what the fuck was that? Yeah, that was my block. I think Matt Lynch lives on that block too, I believe. And Casey, Casey lives right there too. Casey Boyd. Casey Boyd, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I was at that. I don't. I wasn't at that extravaganza, though. No, this was a really big, giant Halloween party or something like that. I think, like sophomore year. Not big enough for me to get invited, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm over it. Whatever, Katie. Hey, man. Know your last thing. Hey, man. Forgive you for not inviting me. You got into Ethan and Austin Lavin's bar mitzvah, and that had merch. That's true. That's true. This party had no merch. Bar mitzvahs were a wild time. Well, and they happen at the worst time where everybody is in seventh grade and you're so awkward with the opposite sex, at least I was. And even if you were smoother, you're smoother now. Um, yeah, and it's just like this awesome decked out party with like a big a venue with food, a DJ. But if, can you imagine if we were like 17, 18 when those were happening? That'd be those fucking inappropriate. Awesome. Yeah, that would have been unreal. But yeah, those were those were a bad. I don't like. I mean, just to think about what went on at those bar mitzvahs. People, people outside the North Shore, they don't, they don't, they don't understand. I live with some guys from the Southwark suburbs. Never been to a bar mitzvah in their life. I've never met like, a Jew in their really, life. That was just a, a social part of our thirteen-year-old lives. It was not right. always pretty. And it's like a thing that you don't really, if you're not Jewish, you don't really know that it's about to be such a vital part of the year. And then all of a sudden you're in it. It's like, oh shit, like this is just another like form of getting invited or not invited to a birthday yeah. party. But then even on within getting scale. invited, there was, remember like snowballs and stuff like that? I remember how late I got picked in every snowball. I know. It was like a kickball. Like how socially damaging was that? Um, yeah. Was well, that and even, even if you got picked in the early aughts, that might even be worse because you remember being embarrassed that you're with you the, dancing with a girl. Like, yeah, and then oh you gotta yeah, and then you gotta be the one who's picking and choosing. Yeah, I do remember I, I got picked early on in like one, like third or fourth, and just remember like, holy shit, this sucks having to then turn and pick someone. And then also, even if I finally got the confidence to ask someone to then see the look on their face when they see me coming to Oh, frightening. ah. Frightening. Absolutely frightening. And it was like, and it was a slow dance always. It was was uncomfortable. It was not good. Jesus. They were not playing black eyed peas at that moment. They were playing some slow ass shit. And you had to dance. Yeah. If only we had a lot more of a a Latino presence so we could get more quinceañeras in there. I went to one of those when I was like, I went to one when I was like 22 and was like, this would have been fucking nuts. Yes. No doubt. So it's like tequila and Modellus. When you're 15 and 13 is enormous. Yeah. Yeah. Then I would have felt more comfortable at it. 
No. Not much. Not much. Not much. I think I would have been a little bit less terribly awkward. Yeah. Because it was not pretty. Yeah. No, but that would be cool if, like, when you come back from college, if we, like, had a bar mitzvah set up. You know, like, (laughs) it happened when you're 19 and you're just, like, seeing all these people from high school and you're just getting drunk at a dope venue with a DJ together. Wasn't that just, like, uh, Wrigleyville these days? (laughs) Right, yeah. You go to the old crow. I'm essentially thinking of a free uh, party <laughs> at, a, at an older age. Wouldn't that be cool if we just had a... It was like the superintendent. You should just write and say we should have a free party. Yeah. With right. drugs and alcohol. <laughs> yeah. You guys <laughs> spend like 50 bucks on booze and drugs for each kid. It'll be nuts. Remember when we graduated in Nutria and they had like this, the graduation party? Yeah. And they were raffling off the most like insane prizes. Like, yeah. All right, now we're gonna raffle off two hundred dollars cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about things you didn't see elsewhere. Right. And remember, one of the pair pros, or you know, is selling drugs out back, so he will take that two hundred dollars right away. Unbelievable. Yeah. Now I remember that party being actually pretty fucking dope. Oh, that was great. We were all in our white tuxedos. Right. Yeah. And just went all the way until we went to the beach and then we would wear our respective college four-year university crewnecks because everyone it was not even like a really a question it was just like oh which four-year right. university are you going <laughs> yeah. to out of state yeah <laughs> yeah oh i'm going to oakton the first two years Ooh, Ooh. what a good choice <laughs> what a solid what a, choice what a that all of us yeah that all of us will that. look at later and be like actually that might have been the move yeah, yeah, but um, I mean, I'm glad I mattered to us at that time. Like, you weren't, you couldn't just be rocking Oakton crew neck. I mean, I think we, you would get for better. I mean, actually, not for better, for for worse. You would just yeah. get judged for that personal decision. Absolutely, I'm sure if they were going to Oakton, they didn't even show up to Gilson just out of right. sheer embarrassment. How horrible is that? Oh, it's yeah. terrible. Right. I didn't realize that that was a thing. Um, and uh, luckily, I was just wearing IU shorts because I remember somebody, like, wasn't going to let me in the IU photo that we took. And I was just like, I'm in. I'm going IU. They're like, I mean, we where's your sweater? Into it. I, mean, there I was, was like, no... Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and then I had, like, my – yeah, like, had some Iowa picture with, like, like – as the few people that were going to Iowa I and mean, like never really saw them when I actually was there, but there was like right. at that point in time, I'm like these people, these are going to be my rock right here. Yeah. Right. You're like, cool. Like we're all a team. It's going to be <laughs> us. Yeah. Like they're the, that team. Like, Oh, cool. Like Jack's going to be best friends with Brendan Hill now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like some one time. LOL. Saw Thomas yeah. Bechtel all the time around campus and he would refuse to acknowledge me. I'm like, I'm not gonna. Ah. St- I'm not gonna stop you and say, "Hey, we're not good friends," but just give me like, a, "What's up, buddy?" Yeah, hate to see it. We are well, we aware had, of each other. Friends, I mean, because you would hang out. Would you hang out with like Lieberman at all at IU? Yeah, in no, me, and, me and Lieberman ended up being like even better friends in college than we were in high school. Evan, oh yeah, actually lost touch more. Mikey was good friends with Mikey too, of course. Yep, Mikey, who else? Yeah, I guess that was kind of the main new Trier guys. Yeah, that was that was a little Hoosiers rat pack right there. Yep, yep. But there was like Will Hirsch and 
uh, Will Mather and Brandon Hill and all those guys. Yeah, uh, they were top tier frat guys. So I did not, I did not hang out with them much. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, they could throw the softball farther. Yeah, fifth grade and beyond, they had me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go in there and be like, "Please, just let me challenge you to one long toss." Uh, please um, yeah someday you'll tell your kids yeah no, i was the shit back on that playground <laughs> yeah no that is always just a fun fact i like to bring up it would be really sad if i was like straight up like proud of it and like uh showed off about it but it is always funny to just be like yeah i well, won the long toss third and fourth grade and now if i, I try to th now if i try to throw it the same distance my shoulder gets tired and sore because I oh, injured yeah. it and didn't take care of myself. No, one thing I, I have in my living room over there, I keep out like as a, like a joke, like for people to see, I've got my uh, McKenzie Elementary Chess Wizards Spring 2003 first place. Wow. That's nice. the only thing I ever won first place. In. That's huge. And you know what? Peter Gabrielli, Zach Glicken, were they the better chess players? Absolutely. But on that day, yeah, I had them. Wow. Peter G, you took him to task. I took um, down Peter G. That's yeah, right. Yeah. You know, I, I just think they remember a fork in the road in my friendship with Peter Gabrielides. And this is another just horrible story. We were, <laughs> we're over at Griffin Keebler's sleepover party. I was staying up all night as yep, one does. As you do. And uh, Peter Gabrielides started to get scared. And he was like, I'm going to go home. And we're like, yo, you can't go home. Like, the, you got to show your tough. You got to earn your stripes with the sleepover. Yeah. You guys you walk are the out that door. Yeah. We're not going to be friends anymore. You guys are like the Yankees of sleepovers. You got to earn your pinstripes. Exactly. Yeah. So he was like, you were like, Peter, like, we're good friends. But if you go home during the sleepover, if you can't make it until morning, we're not going <laughs> to talk to him. And he had a moment where he thought about it and was like, you know what? I'm so scared. I'm going to call my mom and have her pick me up. Wow. And the rest is history. You guys, you guys followed through? We followed through. <laughs> he comes up to you guys the next day and just like, hey, guys, sorry about that. I was just so scared. Like, hope we can move past you. Like, who <laughs> are you? On. Yeah. <laughs> <Keep> <laughs> yeah, okay, scaredy cat. Okay. See you never. <laughs> yep, that was pretty terrible. Thank God I didn't let on to how scared I was at Ethan and Austin's sleepover, and I just kind of pretended that I also stayed up late at sleepovers. You stuck it out. You stuck I just, it. I just internalized that trauma and let it inflict pain on me throughout the night and the rest of the day. The next day, and Peter really handled it healthily and lost. Uh, yeah, I became a Yankee and uh, hated my <laughs> teammates. And Peter was like, "You know what?" I might not. I might be on the Miami Marlins, but at least I'm uh, eventually going to like the squad I have around me. And I just think of that as like that was a fork in the road, and you know, like our lives have divulged from that point. He probably and thinks of you and whoever else was there as just the biggest assholes in his life. Absolutely, he should. Yeah. <laughs> we were. yeah. But you know what? He's gone on to do you know, great successful things. And at all points back, I mean, there was that point in the uh, that point, that fork in the road. You got sacrificed as a pawn. Life, you know, in Mackenzie Cheetah's out in the safari. It's a, it's a dog, it's a cheetah, cheetah world sometimes. 
Yeesh. Mackenzie kids can traumatize you and leave you behind. <laughs> yes, we could. Actually, another thing I was going through while I was home, I was going through, this was such an, another form of systemic social embarrassment. Okay. Remember when you would have to climb the ropes to the ceiling? Yeah, my photo, you can tell I'm not at the top. Oh, I was, I was terrible at that. But they would post on the wall yeah. all of – you would earn, like, a sticker if you, right. like, climbed to the top. It was a different animal based on how far you would get up. Right. So you wanted to have a bunch of stickers so you could be like, hey, Celine Carr, look how many stickers I've got next to my name. Yeah. Um, but that was traumatizing. I remember, like – Going having to go, I could all. I was there was like the straight one rope that would go over the ceiling, right. and there was like the big net. I could do the big net, but I couldn't do the whole rope. You know what's wild is now we still have a climbing unit, but like now it's like they have the rock climbing gear and harnesses for kids and like giant pads underneath. Obviously, How I don't did think we had. Die? I don't think we had anything back then. We didn't. It was like a thirty yeah. foot rope. You would just yeah. climb to the ceiling. Right. You'd be like done. And then I think we probably had like one of those skinny pads, but like nowadays it's those giant like gymnastics ones. And anyway, to think about. I remember. I, I, I remember being like a third grader, being like, "Am I taking crazy pills or like <laughs> yeah. why do they want me to climb yeah. up to this thirty foot?" I um I had a moment of uh, sexual realization while I climbed that single <laughs> rope where I was clinging to it because I was so scared and uh, Mrs. Green, the lesbian gym teacher uh, with like the butchiest mullet you could ever imagine um, yelling at me because my brother was able to reach the top five years prior um, wow. and was saying like how, yeah, and was saying how he had done it and I was just like okay and I was clinging so hard that when I started pulling up I felt a tingle on my dick. I was like, what is that? And then she was yelling at me to move. I was like, no. <laughs> I just remember no. being like, no. I like how this feels. Like, I'm staying right here. Wow. So was yeah. that the real lesson from rope climbing? Was it, yes, it wasn't but, actually about getting to the ceiling, was it? But it was still so early that I. it's not like I started jerking off from that point on. I didn't connect the dots i just remember being like that was weird like all of a sudden i felt an amazing sensation and uh all right and like years later finally i'm like okay now i understand what was going on yeah i had friction unbelievable yeah remember in high crest they had like the two different gym units they had you could choose between rollerblading and dance Right. I remember I was like scared of roller because I was never an ice skater, never like a rollerblader. I oh, like, you didn't do, do it? it. Damn. So I felt like I would be an idiot. And I also was like, I'm going to do dance because dance is like fun. You know, okay. I, you know, and yeah. I remember getting shit on for that decision. Yeah, man. I think I was about to do it right now. It was so not cool of me. Rollerblading was the coolest fucking unit right. I remember in all of gym ever. And I was doing the cha-cha slide with your crush, and and you guys were all bullying me for it. All right. Yep. No, not cool. And then even if you did do rollerblading, the amount of pads that your parents made you wear determined how cool you were off of that, too. I was I was frightened. And people were doing, like, the hockey kids were doing, like, jumps and stuff. Right. Yeah, no, I've yeah. always been a good skater, so I was actually, like, good at that. And I remember doing backwards and – there was like small jumps set up, and 
we would get like what two inches of air or something but like you had to hop over something and i remember doing that that was a fun time frightening yep well dude, i got pretty good at the margarita yeah if you fucking and, ended, uh, uh, and we, a, would do, we would do hey ya and a square okay. dance that was a big one yeah yeah well I'm going to have to watch this back, and I think we're over two hours now, so. Holy shit, we are. 412, how about it? Yeah, so why don't we call it, but I'd love to have you back on. For sure. Maybe we'll have, we'll have to, we'll, we can do a live streaming. Of yeah, the, uh, I think that'd be a really, f- that would be a really funny, I would lose my mind just watching that, even if we don't social, do it live. The jokes there, I mean, the social commentary is yeah. just there. Fantastic. Because it is really, it's really about something larger than us. Just, just some, <laughs> we'll met as kids getting slapped in the face repeatedly yeah. by the Pico boys. Honestly, that's a good. That was like a, that's the universe giving us the lesson that we really needed in that scenario. Right, just like how I thought you were the best. Like you know, you were absolutely going to go pro because there's right. six kids in the world and they all go to McKenzie Elementary. That was that right. was like a realization. Like oh, we are not fucking country. And like, and there's a reason why we didn't make the team. Yes. <laughs> like we, we didn't deserve to be on our team. We don't deserve to be here. Maybe we maybe shouldn't. you're not going to grow up to be on the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. It's like, maybe this is the sign. Well, yeah. all right. I had a blast. Thank you for. Yeah, um, man. It was awesome. Having me on. I will. Uh, it's been enjoyable. A little quarantine activity to hear different people. <laughs> yes, hear, it's just that. you on the tab. It's just nice to uh, get some human contact because I live alone during this. God bless. Thank you. Yes. Say, say what's the uh, keep to your uh, Ramona tenants and uh, R is for rock. respect, originality, C courage, K kindness, S sincerity. So I appreciate you sincerely for your time. You've been nothing but kind. Uh, you're, <laughs> you've been so courageous with the stories that you've told. They've been original, and uh, I. Rock. R is for respect, and I respect I you for I it. Respected. I haven't actually respected that many people. Yeah. No. All right, buddy. But I oxed. All right. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Good to talk. Now you're gone. I realize my love for you was strong. And I miss you here. Now you're gone. I keep waiting here by the phone. With the pictures hanging on the wall. Is this the way? You're missing me I'm waiting here at home I'll be crazy Now you're gone